Downright un-American. No patriot. I'll tell you something. Welcome to another episode of Un-American. I am Brandon, and I am actually just jumping in in front of this episode real quick uh, for a little disclaimer here. First of all, I know it's been a while since we put out an episode. Um, Part of that was planned. Part of it was not. We'll kind of get into that a little bit the next time we're all sitting down together and uh, and offer up maybe our our stories or explanations about that. Um, But that's not why I'm jumping in. I am actually jumping in because, as you know by the title of this episode. This episode is about Missouri Senator, our Senator, Josh Hawley. And um, in the as we're like transitioning from our silver lining uh, portion of the, the like the startup to the show into the actual topic, um, w- we have a conversation here about how Josh Hawley is not from Missouri. And, um, and, and over time, over the course of time, we have taken little jabs at Josh Hawley and the part of our part of our ire has been directed at that point. And, and so um, I guess in the name of integrity, integrity and wishing more people had some, um, I'm jumping in front of this episode to say that that conversation is based on a false point. Uh, Josh Hawley is from Missouri. Um, and I, but I do think that I, un, I know why um, people in Missouri don't necessarily relate to Josh Hawley or feel like he's kind of an outsider. And that probably comes from a couple of stories that we don't talk about in this episode because we don't make that a huge focal point of this episode that where he's from or or what whatnot um but i do know that it's in the episode it's in the beginning and if i were to cut that part of the conversation out i felt like it would have been uh too much of an awkward or like abrupt transition into the content of the show so instead i decided to jump in front of this episode kind of offer up that little disclaimer the next time the three of us uh when i have jim and frank in the room with me um we will kind of start a, a episode in the near future, kind of um, having that conversation about why we may have had that point wrong and and oh for for a little while now, like we've been making that uh, comment at least privately away from the microphone. We're not talking about him, um, so I think I know where that comes from. And uh, yeah, I know that it's a false point. I know that the the conversation we have is not based on a a fact, and so. Um, yeah, I just wanted to do my due diligence and jump in here and express that I know that, and we will clear that up in a future episode. So, with that being said, uh, and without further ado, enjoy the show. Downright un American. No patriot. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. Downright, 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 un-American, American, 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 American. Ain't nobody got time for that. It's all about the money. Anti-American. Anti-American. They, they want, want the money. It, it doesn't have anything to do with patriotism. Anti-American. Patriotism. Anti-American. They were like death. Downright. I'll tell you something. An un-American. 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 un american Anti-American. They want the money. I'll tell you something. Anti-American. Un-American. Un-American. I'll tell you something. I mean, they certainly didn't seem to love our country very much. Right, un-American. Welcome to another episode of Un-American, the show about turncoats, traitors, and treasonous. I think I say that out of order every time. Where no fraud or grifter is safe. <laughs> I am Brandon, and I am joined tonight by Franklin and Jim. Yeah. How are you doing tonight, Frank? 
I'm doing good, Brandon. I, uh, I, I've been bugging you for the last like week and a half with pictures of new guitar pedals and stuff. So I've been really into music lately. It's been nice. Yeah, you got some new pedals over there. I got new pedals. I got a new amp. I, uh, I got my guitar professionally looked at. Nice. So like. I don't know what I'm... I can tune a guitar. I cannot mess with a truss rod or intonation or any of that good shit. Yeah. So I had a lot of buzzing. Because um, I've been mostly playing acoustic, and I wanted to get back <laughs> into electric, and I just noticed there was a lot of buzz, and it turned out there was also a dead pickup. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I had to get it rewired and shit, but it sounds amazing now, and I just really got back into it. That's all, That's awesome. It's always fun. I think all of us play an instrument, right? Or dabble in instruments. Yeah. yeah. Um, I played drums in high school. Yeah. And- I have a box drum now. Yeah, I play. I play not. I don't play anything well, but I play some stuff. <laughs> like I, I play, can play a little drums. I play I can pretty play. decently because I I don't have I don't put enough time or effort into it to be like good. Yeah, right. yeah, but you're like, good. Like you can play. I drums. can like I can, I can play. sit in and perform acoustic, but I can't like. I I wouldn't be able to record. Right. Yeah. Like if I'm gonna if somebody asked me to record, I'm like, this time is gonna be a little off. <laughs> I can play <laughs> like just not enough well for enough. somebody in a live audience right. to notice, but yeah. definitely if if you're gonna get me on a click track, yeah, it's gonna be off. For sure. I play just well enough that if someone who has no musical capabilities <laughs> sees me do it, they're like, Oh, you're talented. But if you if you know what you're doing with guitar, if you play it well, you know right. that I'm shit. <laughs> right, right. That's that's pretty much where I'm at too. Like I you can probably play a lot more than I can on guitar. I was anytime I was doing like the band thing in high school or after high school, it was always the the vocals. So I didn't really have to worry about anything yeah, you, that I've taught has been self taught. You sat in with the with with my high school band, yeah. For what was it before or after Cody? Uh, it was during that. I it I was want to say during whenever he was going through some crap with his current with his girlfriend. Yeah, at the time. yeah. I sat in a couple of times. So, um, yeah, that was fun. How are you doing tonight, Jim? I'm good. Um, it's kind of like a surprise good, but baby is due in 13 weeks. Nice. So damn nice. that creeps up. So, yeah. you, doesn't oh, it? It yeah, does. It, does. it goes super fast. Yeah, it does. Especially now, and, when you like, have one, we like, don't we don't know the sex or anything like that, so it's gonna be a surprise all around. That's cool. I yeah. actually I like. I'm that. really hoping girl, and My, I think that's the biggest reason why we didn't figure out was because like if we're surprised at childbirth, like there's not gonna be any disappointment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that's cool. It does creep up fast, especially when you have like a, a toddler at home already. Like the time. Yeah, just, he, flies he just turned by. 19 months. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It weirds me out that the, the t- it flies so quickly they have to do it in months. It's the only thing they do, like, they well, measure was, in months. Yeah. It, yeah. And yeah, I always like have once, to do a little mental like arithmetic. At two, at I'm going to stop. Yeah, at two, yeah. you stop. Like, it, it's but, pretty much But it's the same thing. It's either months. months or weeks. It's like we're, we're weeks due. We're, you know, months old. We're at 150 weeks it, Because now? that time flies so quick, but like, between having them and, and them, like, getting to the point where they can, like, I talk. saw a comedian say the reason that we do it that way is because it, it, – it's not a good measurement of time unless you're like in prison, like you know, and like, <laughs> and so you're and just that, like counting down the fitting. seconds and shit, right? Like, right. So I that's heard it fitting. compared that way, and I was like, you know, for as horrible as that might make me sound, like it's slightly true. Yeah, but Some it's, aspects, it's, like, it's, it's a little good bit the opposite prison. effect because we're like trying to keep them small. Yeah, yeah, that's true. By counting in smaller increments of time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm doing well tonight too. Um, first of all, before I tell you why I'm doing well, I have to do like a little tribute shout out because like sad news in my world, um, was that between the recording of the last episode and this episode, um, Scott Hall 
passed away. Scott Hall uh, was a big part of my childhood hey, as yo. as a as a wrestling fan. Yeah. Um, so I that really like affected me way more than I thought it would. Like I was like legitimately like, damn, my that first, dude was like, like a hero as yeah. a child. The um, first time that a celebrity died that like kind of hurt me a little on the inside was Tom Petty. Yeah. Which yeah. wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things. Right. Like, what, that was like 2017? Uh, yeah, yeah, four years ago. It was either 17 or 16, mm-hmm. but yeah. I will say Brandon as a little, because like, I got the news that Scott Hall died. Someone texted me that Scott Hall died. The weird thing about that is I have a second cousin whose name was Scott Hall. Oh, no birth shit. Birth name, and he died a couple years ago. So when I got that, I did a double take. I'm like, wait a minute, he's already dead. Oh, like, they mean the celebrity. Yeah, yeah, dark, morbid. I also deja uh, vu. funny. I have a uh, an uncle named Robert Duvall, which is also the name of a famous <laughs> That's actor. Fucking weird. Yeah. yeah, I know a lot of famous people. Um, yeah, you got John Voight's car, something like that. right? John <laughs> oh, Voight's yeah, his, his pencil. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's unfortunate. And so you will probably do a little bit. I've got a couple of Scott Hall surprises along the way for this episode, just because like that. Yeah, that like when we were kids was the hard. height of the NWO. Yeah. The, in, the height of like wrestling. Like yeah. it really the was. The anti-hero. Yeah. He was yeah. the bad guy. He was the, I mean like. He's well, the, like even in the like, NWO, he was still like purposefully the dick. But it, oh, yeah. you, you loved the guy for that yeah, almost. Yeah, absolutely. My my number one bad guy. Like, I would make, like, he could you be just a walk into the ring and he'd pause for, like, 30 seconds and then just say, hey, hey yo. yo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Some of that was the booze and the pills. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that was probably that. Hey, yo. I pulled a couple of pills. them. I pulled a couple of them. Um, but, okay, so... Sad news out of the way. I'm also doing well because, dude, the Batman is my favorite Batman movie. Phenomenal. Of, of like, just, it's so good. Of all of the movies. Like, I think that puts it's Nolan's perfect... entire trilogy to, oh, to yeah, bed. Oh, yeah, because, like, See, I still love cool. Dark Knight more, but I like the Batman quite See, a bit. See, I put Dark Knight is Dark Knight second. is second. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's second. Wrong. It's second only because of Heath Ledger. Because I'm not a I'm not a giant fan of the Bale Batman. Like, yes, he does a really good Batman, but he's like over the top Bruce he, Wayne. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason he does a good Batman is because those movies were focused around. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, I have a cough tonight, so just so you know, those movies were focused around like the glam gear, like all the gear that was like super cool and flashy. Yeah, like it's it wasn't really Batman. It was just like it felt, flexing <clears throat> the billionaire. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Whereas um, this Batman it, is all about the detective work. Well, and it's dark, and yeah, it's like, like it's and it's real, to be. like like the comics always had. It. I always feel corny. Uh, Mitch was actually the one, our our friend, um, who said to me that like when you like you're gonna love this because it is realistic and i thought that that was corny and like we all admitted that like every time we've said that like it's weird to talk about a guy who runs like, around it, a city yeah. in a cape and a cow and that's, be like that's this a true is statement i didn't think about that like but, if this if batman was real that would be him because yeah, right. it wasn't like i don't insane and I, gear I don't want to get into really this. probably doesn't ever have a chance of existing yeah. right like his batmobile was a murdered out Chevy Nova with gigantic airplane engine put into yeah. it somehow. And I love like I don't want to get into spoilers, but there's one scene where like he's it, keeping it realistic that I noticed that they would never show in any other Batman movie. 
where Batman and Gordon need a piece of information. So it just cuts to them, like, opening the door of an apartment, and they're just, like, searching for clues. Yeah. They never show Batman you open a door. You actually see the aha yeah. moment. Because Batman yeah. doesn't enter a door because it, it takes away the mystique. And this movie was like, no, that's how you do it. You're fucking Sam Spade. You're, you know, a noir yeah, detective. Person, right. Yeah. You get to walk in and find the clues. Yeah, no, it's I... not always crashing through a skylight. I love that. Something that Stacy and I uh, talked about right after we left the theater was... She was she. Uh, we were walking to the car, and she turned to me. And she was like, "Did he use the grappling hook like twice in yeah. that movie?" And I was like, "I right, like that's what yep. makes it so <laughs> awesome is that like you wouldn't just be able to pull shit out of the air and just have a million batarangs well, and, and shit." And, and also, like, I don't know, it's really good. A point you made: his flying was super imperfect because yeah. he's flying with a cape. Like even though like he made like a makeshift wingsuit out of his cape, like he pulled a string and it inflated like those yeah. like airplane like if you crash into water, right? Pull string and you have a, a a life vest, but like his parachute got caught on the the overpass and smashed him into the yeah. roof. And yeah, he no. was all fucked. Even up before that, there's a little moment when he gets to the roof of the building and he's about to jump off where a. Robert Pattinson does this oh shit like oh yeah. like and yeah. he realizes what he's about to do he's like, like this is not a Batman who knows what he's about like doing it's not a Batman who is also a bat like well, who's just like, like I'm just gonna fucking can, fly around can, with I a don't cape. know can we get into spoilers how, really quick I don't know how I mean I, I'll cut them oh, out oh yeah we probably should <laughs> I might cut some out we're not that far into this being in theaters <laughs> yeah yeah, we should we shouldn't do spoilers. Okay. We should Shit. we shouldn't do spoilers. I'll save it for my yeah. review. We can talk about it off the off the yeah. mic. Plus, um, we got to get to the actual show. We're, yeah, we're we do. Now, really hard. We right do. Now. We do. Um, so, with that being said, let's get to the content of the show. We are going to do Josh Hawley tonight. Um, he's a character who has who's long been in the theme music of the song. Um, he's somebody that I've known really since episode one that I've wanted to do. Like he, he, there was a potential for him to be episode two because he was on the short list when we originally got into the room and we're like, Hey, here's the idea of un American. Let's do this. Um, so I'm excited that we're here with like the hometown hero quotations over both words. But like Ted Cruz is Canadian, but he's a Texas Republican. And then you got Josh Hawley, who's from Maryland. Uh, I don't. I think so. Virginia? No, maybe it's Maryland. One of those Central East Coast states. Yeah, somewhere. I I don't care about him that East much. East Coast elite but fucker. He, but he uses his sister's address here in Missouri, which I'm. I don't even know if she lives here. It might be like a third home or something. Can we also talk about how the fuck is that? Okay, <laughs> like right. just as like a not, government, like it's how, not, how the it's fuck not, is it's, that okay? It's people, the it's people politicians in, pushing against laws that the, have never been tested the before, people and they're seeing how far they'll go. The craziest thing with Holly is like the people that should hate that fact the most are like his bootlickers. Yeah, right. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like they're supposed to hate like government overreach, but what Holly's, what Holly did from the beginning, being from a different state and running in in our state. And it doesn't it look like he looked at our overreach. state like and it's oh. corrupt. Well, and you're it, supposed to hate corruption. You're oh, supposed to hate overreach. I am positive. Here we are. We'll, you, we'll get into it, and Brandon, you're probably going to prove my point. But a lot of my outlook on Holly, it looks like he looked around the United States and like, what state can I use to springboard my career to be Trump without yeah. the without the uh, instability? Yeah. yeah. Where's the easiest state to get yeah. elected? Yeah. And Missouri was it. Missouri yeah. is a solidly red, not too red. Right, but like that's I think it's all calculated. He's the most calculated fucking politician out there. Yeah, you don't have to leave, in a bad. You way. don't have to leave the city that far to hit a red county. 
I mean, you oh, pretty no, leave, now, Charles leave the County. two cities that we have and you hit yeah, a red county. Yeah, it, it's all red. Uh, let me hit you with this Freudian slip and then I'll read you a little bit about Josh, Josh Hawley. The United States of America is a systemically racist, structurally oppressive, hopelessly patriarchal kind of place. Damn, yep. Josh. Yep. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's I am context, sure you right? cut, Yeah, you cut out a beginning and an end there because uh, I agree with that was, way too he much. He was using it to try to make fun of it. Or he was he saying was, this he is was what people the, think. The left believes. This yeah. is what the left believes. Um, uh, it's not even what the left believes. It's what history shows and dictates. And we're going to hear a lot about what the left believes. And it's going to be weird because uh, I don't think we're going to agree. And we are arguably the left. Yeah. Um, okay. So we were ja- trying to label ourselves off a uh, broadcast. And I was like, oh, this is going to go south quickly because we're very, like, if you get down to the minutiae, we're all liberals. Yeah. To to a degree, I mean, I'm in the terms of people should be. I'm not the one to a degree. Jim's the one to a degree. I'm just like a straight up fucking commie over here. Um, You're communist manifesto. I got you. Yeah, to a degree, liberals. Um, Okay, I hang out in the center, and the current state of the world usually sways me one direction or the other. Yeah, Um, Josh. It hasn't been to the right very often lately. (laughs) Joshua David (laughs) Hawley. Is an American politician, lawyer, and former professor who has served as the junior United States Senator from Missouri since 2019. A member of the Republican Party, Hawley served as the 42nd Attorney General of Missouri from 2017 to 2019 before defeating two term incumbent Democratic Senator Claire McCaskill in 2018. How is he the Attorney General of our state if he doesn't actually live here? Um, not because he definitely didn't live here at that time. If he didn't live here at the time he got elected to the Senate, right? Um, we'll read a little bit more about him. Maybe we'll answer some questions in there. Born in Springdale, Arkansas, to a banker. He's born in Arkansas, and he doesn't even live in Missouri. <laughs> to he's a, a Missouri politician. To a banker and teacher, Holly graduated from Stanford University in 2002 and Yale Law School in 2006. Um, he was law clerk to the Tenth Circuit Judge Michael. W. McConnell and Chief Justice John Roberts, and then worked as a lawyer first in private practice from twenty or from two thousand eight to two thousand eleven, and then for Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty from twenty eleven to twenty fifteen. Before becoming Missouri Attorney General, he was also a postgraduate intern at St. Paul's School in London, and associate at the University of Missouri School of Law. And faculty member of the conservative London, Blackstone Lingo, uh-huh. Le- Blackstone Legal Fellowship, London, UK, not like London, Missouri, right? Yes. How weird is his background? Yeah, it's very yeah. weird. From it, Arkansas to Ivy League, like how often do you hear somebody coming out of Arkansas and going to an Ivy League school? I mean, didn't Clinton do it? Was he from Arkansas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clintons did it. Simpsons did it. All right. Uh, As Missouri Attorney General Hawley initiated several high-profile lawsuits and investigations, including the lawsuit against the Affordable Care Act. Everybody and their mom did that. Yeah, I'm Um, sure that went somewhere, too. We didn't. You know how he got rid of it with that lawsuit? Right. An investigation into Missouri. Eric. Oh, and I'm going to read the whole sentence over again. As Maternity. As Missouri Attorney General, Hawley initiated several high-profile lawsuits and investigations, including a lawsuit against the Affordable Care Act, 
an investigation into Missouri Eric uh, Missouri Governor Eric Greitens, and a lawsuit and investigation into companies associated with the opioid epidemic. In the Senate, Hawley became widely known for his criticism of big tech, as well as his criticism of the Chinese government and his support for an independent Hong Kong. His political beliefs have been described as strongly socially conservative. Critics have characterized, characterized his ideology as reactionary and theocratic. In December 2020, Hawley provoked a political backlash when he became the first senator to announce plans to object to the certification of Joe Biden's victory in the 2020 United States presidential election. Hawley led Senate efforts to overturn the Electoral College vote count and rallied supporters of the Stop the Steal conspiracy theory that motivated an attack on the U.S. Capitol. With, uh, with figures of with figures across the political spectrum calling on him to resign or be expelled from the Senate. In late 2021, Hawley denied, I'm sorry, in late January 2021, Hawley denied trying to overturn the election results, and ultimately there were no repercussions. Yeah, and that's fucked up. As a lawyer, he should know better, because how many lawsuits did it end up being? At least 50. That they, For what? The, the, trying to overturn the election, the, the Kraken lawsuits oh, yeah. and all that shit. yeah. And they lost almost every single one of them. I mean, like besides like one arbitrary one, right? Because there was no proof. As a lawyer, that he saw that and decided to throw his support, that was tactical. That oh was yeah, just like one hundred percent political move. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not a believer. He's a uh, he's a reactionary. He is. Yeah, he's taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what he's doing. Um, so what we're going to do tonight is listen to a specific speech of his. Um, so we're not going, we're not going to do the whole overview of who Holly is since, since 2017 to 19 when, when he really kind of like came on the national or, or in like higher, um, positions of power. Um, we're going to focus on a specific speech that he gave in, um, 2021. It was, uh, Halloween that he gave the speech and it has a theme that I think that is it an anti-Halloween theme? It's not an anti. It's not. Oh, I shit. actually, I would have loved. I cut out his one Halloween joke that you could have made. He made jokes. He made one joke. Oh, shit. about I mean, walk, about walking door to door and demanding uh, people give up something uh, in return for nothing and being scary. And he called himself Merrick Garland. That was a bad joke, so I cut it out of the show. That is a terrible joke. It I'm is glad a, you cut it out. Yeah. 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 Is that a joke? I, I mean, it has the it's formula. Right, it's right the, the wing stand right. up. It's right wing stand up. It doesn't fucking work. Um, so I'm going to let him get into the speech. I thought it was funny because the way that he started out his speech uh, pretty much could have also been the Freudian slip. So, uh, But we'll start this speech. And it, within it, I didn't write it down because I'm a piece of shit at prepping, apparently. Um, but he will say what conference this is for that, that he's doing this. It's a, a pleasure to be back. I had the honor, as some of you will remember, of speaking at the inaugural National Conservatism Conference two years ago. After that speech, the press said that I was a racist, a fascist, and a Nazi, if memory serves. So when Yoram invited me to come back this year, I said, what's to lose? I mean, how could he say no? I mean, that's, that shit's pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> as will prove throughout the episode. I didn't know if that was going to be the first Freudian slip, but then he said the other thing, and I was like, "That that's better. The multiple uh, Freudian, Freudian um, slips. So basically, he's got a problem with 
the liberal news the liberal everything yeah. i don't want to just give it away up front i want to let him kind of build the speech and and then he'll he'll land on his thesis here in the first couple of clips and and we'll have the trajectory of where this is going to go um but let's let him just kind of get into the speech this is the national conservative whatever it's what it's another fucking cpac it's a halloween cpac the only place that'll let him do open mic anymore (laughs) yeah right we meet at a time of reckoning as we speak the left control the commanding heights of american society they have the white house the house of representatives the senate their voices predominate in the news media in hollywood arguably sports and of course in our universities this is their hour and they're determined to use it. Okay, so nice start, soft start. That's also what it, like it's, if, uh, it's a doom, softball doomsday. pitch, right? If it's they were, if, if the left, quote unquote, the left, uh, how many people are in America? Three hundred fifty million. About sixty percent of them are liberal. So, like, we're talking about at Maybe least one hundred fifty yeah. million people. Yeah. If they were all concentrated on getting their agenda passed, oh, Build Back Better would have passed. Yeah. Fucking at cinema and mansion price. wouldn't. At yeah. Full price, yeah. Not, at full price. Right. Not fucking Dollar Tree. Not yeah. cutting it down like it's a fucking like log in the woods. It, this is. I hate this idea that he's just lumping in. If you if you look at his base, that's millions of people that he's lumping into yeah. one group and saying they all have one specific agenda. And no, we if there's so much infighting, we can't get shit done. He does a lot of lumping well, in. People like him are the reason that it never gets done. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Congress people. Just like broad term Congress people, yeah. mm-hmm. politicians. Like, uh, I'll also go throw, go ahead and throw lawyers on there because fuck them too. Right. Uh, let's let him tell us about the leftist project. Their message is: this nation needs to be taught how unjust it is to begin with, and then completely remade from top to bottom. That's the leftist project. That's their grand ambition: to deconstruct the United States of America. This work of deconstruction is what unites today's left and draws together all of their various projects, from critical race theory to their economic socialism to their bizarre war on women's sports. But what I want you to notice, what I want to call out tonight, is that the deconstruction of America begins with and depends on the deconstruction of American men. There's your thesis statement. Oh, good God. So men aren't men anymore? Men aren't men Have we men not beat anymore. that drum into the fucking ground by now? Yeah. He's, yeah, just saying, he's trying to say that the white male is the most discrimi- discriminated person in America. Right yeah. Now. But also, I mean, like, I'm assuming we're going <laughs> to get into more, that's... like, uh, bashing feminists for making us a more feminine country. I, I don't even which know. Which I hate that idea because, like, he... go back to the 60s when men were men and they were, if you would have shown someone in the 20, from the 1910 who worked in a coal mine, mm-hmm. a guy from 1960, they would have called him a pussy. Yeah. And then keep doing that every 50 years. I it's like always how... been the trajectory. Yeah. I like how he makes a statement about how, well, the left hate women's sports. But the most discriminated person in America is a white male. <laughs> right. Dude, there okay, so yeah, there's a going to be a point in this uh throughout these clips and we've got a bunch of them, but th- th- we're going to hit a point where it's just like, wait a minute. Somewhere this turned ironic. Like everything that he's saying is like kind of also what he's doing through here. But here's it's always the double speak. Here's the important thing about the way I wa- they get away with saying this dumb shit. Here's they double speak. Here here's the important thing that I want you to pay attention to through the course of the speech. 
because I think that because I think that it's a really, really big, important thing to pay attention to with any personality like Holly. And it's his tone and his ability to it's measured. He can read from a teleprompter. This is obviously a pre-prepared script, and it's written in such a way that it's going to deliver punches. It's going to appeal to the anger in the everyday white man but who feels it, like men aren't men it anymore. Even, it even scrolls at the speed at which he's supposed to read it. Yeah. And, but he's like reading it like it's intro. naturally. And I mean, no offense to any of us, he's reading it in a way that none of us have been able to. You can tell when we're reading, right? Because we're not great at it. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking skill. Yeah, he's great at that. Yeah, like he he's is. a piece of shit as a human being, but he's legitimately like good also, in front of a camera and microphone. It's also very careful written like and just pay attention to the tone pay attention to the the verbiage that he uses throughout the course of the speech because like it's calculated as fuck like it probably one of the like from a strategy point of view like if you were just if you were so if the three of us were um like a campaign manager fucking nailed it dude like every time and we it's prepped like him it's, just enough yeah, we prepped him the right way this is scary. this is like a uh three clips in and i already know that the vibe of this is like a commencement speech at a at an ivy league school that went really well when yeah. you bring in a famous writer who went to your school mm-hmm. and he gives that speech and it like motivates everyone like hurrah yeah that's what he's doing yeah um so oppressed men you know that's where we're we've that, all been so oppressed that's where we're headed and yeah that the tone is something something else the left want to define traditional masculinity as toxic. They want to define the traditional masculine virtues, things like courage and independence and assertiveness as a danger to society. This is an effort that the left has been at for years now, and they have had alarming success. American men are working less. They're getting married in fewer numbers. They're fathering fewer children. They're suffering more anxiety and depression. They're engaging in more substance abuse. Many men in this country are in crisis, and their ranks are swelling. All right, so courage, independence, assertiveness. assertiveness. Those are not masculine qualities. Those are qualities of any good person. Right? Well, like any anybody that is going to be successful, even at a hint of it, is going to have those qualities. Now, the the reason that men are having trouble in all the areas that he just cited are usually a symptom of a failing society and economy. Well, that's right. It's, Thank it's, you. So that's why, a, okay. why do we need to rebuild it? So because of those. When yeah. he talked about the things that the men politi- don't do anymore. Like, the left like, is not making them that way. Society no. is. My ears perked up because he talked about what what men aren't doing anymore, right? They're they're depressed. They don't they're not having kids. They're not getting married. As the one guy here who is not married and doesn't have a kid, I can speak to this. The reason I don't do it is because I'm fucking poor. Yeah. And right. it's a, yeah. it's a yeah. system that trickled down did not solve. I'm so glad. Dude, that- and like, I'm not even like a, a wink at being rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like, yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm not just saying, a little bit less poor. And that's not to say because you guys are married and have kids <laughs> no. that you're any better off than me. You're probably no, actually just, in a, a more of I'm a hole. I'm just saying, like, this, th- yeah, this is like how bad it is that it takes just a fraction yeah. Of a little bit better than where you're at. Yeah. So I'm going to read. And I'm not saying you're like super low, but like, man, if you feel low, like just, you're not, I, you're not alone. I, 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 this is America. As someone who without, without kids who traditionally would have had kids 10 years ago. And you know, if this was any other generation, I get this a lot from older people about like, especially older racist people. We would have been better off younger, man. Yeah. But older. Like if we, if we would have bought houses in our twenties, 
like we'd be better off now just because of like it was still better then like it yeah. was still like somewhat in the good of when our parents were like raising families and buying houses and shit um like it feels like from the distance from 1980 to 2010 like you could afford to buy a home and live like somebody in the middle class on the wages that we're at but from 2010 to 2020, it's like doubled in yeah. distance away yep. from where it was at in 1980. Yeah, the his whole thing actually has tripled. His whole thing of citing like, oh, that men don't do all of these things anymore. Yeah, but you're not putting any whys to that. Like you're just or saying, how are you going to solve that? Right? How are you going to? How are you so, going like, to make yeah, men no, want to get married, want to have kids? These are absolutely problems, but it's not just of men. It's right. a society as a whole. Yeah. Like he's just using and the term the men left because that's what he's dog whistling. It. Well, and like especially for Holly, who probably isn't a huge uh, gay rights ag- advocate, um, like. It's for, not him and, men, for him and his audience, men are the only thing that matters. Well, okay, yeah. but here's the thing: like, if men aren't getting married, then by like default, I, yeah, women aren't just, getting married, yeah. right? <laughs> like, people aren't getting married. Um, so I want to focus on that because I thought that 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 was my biggest takeaway too, and I'm glad that you guys picked up on that because I think that like the marriage thing is the bigger like obviously of all of the things that you mentioned, it is bad that anxiety and depression is up. Those also have economic. Uh, reasons that you can associate There's with There's also so less stigma with use. coming out as right. being an addict or a but mental a lot, health, you know. But, like, the yeah. whole family Numbers marriage... Numbers aren't inflated because there's more of it. It's just that more people are yeah. talking people throughout history have been depressed. We're just right. willing to admit it now. So I pulled this article from The Hill um, titled The End of Marriage in America, question mark. Um, I didn't read it with a question mark, so I said it. Uh, this was from August 2021. While it may not have ended, marriage in America is uns- unquestionably declined over the recent past and is now historic low is at historic low levels for the country throughout the 20th century the annual u.s marriage rate was generally no less than eight marriages per 1,000 people the marriage rate also varied considerably over the years of the past century it declined to about eight marriages per 1,000 at the time of the great depression and peaked at more than 16 marriages per 1,000 at the close of world war ii since the start of the 21st century, the U.S. marriage rate has declined for has declined from more than eight marriages per 1,000 down to six marriages per 1,000 population in 2019. Um, that marriage rate is the lowest level since the U.S. government began keeping marriage records for the country in 19, in 1867. And the sad thing is, it's not going to go up. Like the trends continuing, inflation and stuff. You think that's like it is directly tied right. to how much people can make. You cannot afford. I literally cannot afford to get married if I wanted to get married. I can't afford to have a kid. That would bankrupt me. Right. Uh, it goes on to say also seventy years ago, a large majority of U.S. households, approximately eighty percent, were made up of married couples. In twenty twenty, the proportion of households consisting of married couples fell to forty nine percent. Some of the major factors behind the long term decline in the marriage rate have been female education and labor force participation, women's <laughs> economic. Hey, I love that they make it seem that when women equality. got an education, they're like, "Why the fuck do I need you, idiots?" <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the problem. Uh, 
America is also experiencing growing numbers of women and men living alone, as well as increasing unmarried cohabitation. In addition to the 15% of U.S. adults living alone, no less than one quarter of those aged 25 to 34 are living with an unmarried partner. American attitudes about childbearing and marriage have also changed markedly. For example, whereas in 2006, about half of U.S. adults said it was very important for couples having children together together to legally marry by 2020 that proportion had fallen to 29 percent today the proportion of u.s births to unmarried mothers is about 40 percent double the percentage of 1980 other factors that have contributed to lower marriage rates are declining religious adherence to marriage public disenchantment with marriage and more recently unstable jobs and strained finances particularly among low-income earners with those particularly among low-income earners and those with only a high school education. Delaying marriage has also played a role in lower marriage rates. The median ages at first marriage, which I think is a funny term. Um, are that's, also, <laughs> that's that disillusionment with marriage yeah, we've been no talking shit. about. Divorce is still up, isn't it? Um, I believe so. I think we're going to... We may not read it, but we'll see. Uh, delaying marriage has also played a role in lower marriage rates. The median at... The median ages at first marriage are now 30 years for men and 28 years for women, about eight years higher than the ages in the 1950s. Also, the share of U.S. adults aged 18 to 34 who were married fell from approximately 60% in 1978 to about 30% in 2018. In addition to delaying marriage, record proportions of young U.S. adults are expected to never marry. For example, the proportion of never married among um, among Americans aged 25 to 50 has quadrupled from 9% in 1970 to a high of 35% in 2018. Some suspect the COVID-19 pandemic may have driven U.S. marriage rate below the historic low level of 2019. The pandemic's resulting economic insecurity, limited socializing, home confinements, and anxieties about the future are believed to have contributed to fewer marriages. Yeah, I, I remember reading this article, and I agreed with every single point they made. It's because there's it, yeah. less distractions on how bad life really is, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it's not the— Well, and you saw the same thing with the Great Depression. Like, obviously, like economics is tied into it so much. Uh, the dis- disenchantment also, like, we all know that the number one cause of divorce is money stress and fighting over that shit. You know, that's the number one stress on any relationship, whether you're married or not. Right. And then the divorce also further entangles that. So, like, no wonder so many people are just looking at it being like, do I really want to do that? Right. I don't like, though, that he makes it an only men thing. Yeah, men are getting not. married. Men are, like, there's these yeah. expectations of men. It's like, Who no, are they marrying? Cherry-picked statistics. No, dude, there's a lot of factors that go into that. And while, like, obviously it's true, what Josh Hawley doesn't – he – he is clever enough to have in the speech that this is a true statement and like you can't buck him and say that it's not a true statement like you we're not making the argument right now that what he said is a lie we're making the argument that like yeah but you you He's have to ex- in such you a have, way yeah you have to explain the factors that go into that the variables matter to the or equation just even not even the variables the the basic human like it it makes like men are marrying less who are they marrying? Women. So that means women are also marrying less. Right. Yes. So just yeah. say people are marrying less, but yeah. he doesn't get political it's points. He doesn't further his agenda saying statement. that. Right. Yeah. And he, like it, before that, like in my notes, it was just buzz, buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. It was yeah. critical race theory. It was all the stuff yeah. that he brought up that like. That's the other thing that I think is really like goofy about this whole speech is that um, 
but I think he gets away with it better than like somebody like an Alex Jones or a Glenn Beck or somebody like that would do. Uh, he's he, slick. He's yeah. He's able to he's tie more his whole thesis is like men are being deconstructed, but also marks and shit. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> what? How did you slip that in there? Like Alex Jones wouldn't be able to like be so smooth about it. McCarthy you know? would have. Yeah, he'd have been railing too much with his piece yeah. of paper in his hand. Like Alex Jones, you just watched a fucking sci-fi movie last night, and you're just saying shit now. Um, all right, this one's gonna get you more. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of these, like, heated, because this is dumb. And that's not just a crisis for men. That's a crisis for the American Republic. Because the problem with the left's assault on the masculine virtues is that those self-same qualities, the very ones that the left now vilify as toxic and dangerous, have long been regarded as vital to self-government. Observers from the Ancient Romans to our forefathers identified the manly virtues as indispensable to political liberty. Now, maybe they were wrong, and today's left is right. Maybe virtue isn't needed for liberty. Or maybe the only virtues that really matter are the modern liberal ones of tolerance and compliance and, I suppose, consumption. Maybe the only thing you need to be a good citizen, after all, is to be a good consumer. Yeah, you know, the corporate fucking left. We talk about them all the all time. All the time. Like, what yeah. do they mean by consumption? I, like, the it's, basic it doesn't economic matter. consumption? It, it, it where, it like, meant, there's... What he meant was whatever your individual prejudice is against this topic, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, it's, like there's producer and a consumer. Is that what you're getting at? That there's, like, corporate cronyism? Also, what do you Or am say, I, I thinking that you're too smart to have or what said he, it that Is way? he saying no, capitalism is bad? We're all buying too much? We should be less consumer-friendly? Like, you know, what's you, he really getting at? You know, you're going to ask yourself also, that a couple more times. Also, I don't think he times. understands what the word virtue means. No. That, and he, I thank you for reminding me. Because he brought that up. He was like, uh, virtues he's, are bad for liberty? That, he's trying to say that Why is virtue negatives? a manly trait? Yeah, Why are any of these manly should, traits? No, he's just Virtue a is a good shit. person's trait. You know what's a you know what's a real manly trait? Rape. That's a manly trait. Like <laughs> that's the fact not that almost virtuous. almost all the people <laughs> the that do it are men. It doesn't make it good. Like it, I hate this idea that because what he's ascribing to men are like just basic human values that anybody yeah. Joan of Arc had those values. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. Like with this whole speech, I guess they the, burned her at the stake for it. He, with, the, <laughs> with this entire speech, he's able to do that. Very, very slick. It was the best adjective that was thrown out there. I don't know which yeah. one of you said it, but slick is the best one because, um, yeah, he's saying things that apply that can be applied vaguely to anybody. And he's just, and he's just applying it for the listener. And he's fucking at, like he's not gonna get any booze. He's not gonna get any jeers. He's at the National Conservative Wank fucking factory. He's in the echo wherever chamber, the fuck yeah. he's doing it. It's hard to argue that our democracy is in better shape now than it was thirty or forty years ago. It's hard to believe that our liberty now is more secure. It's hard to accept that the pathologies gripping so many American men are good for American society. I'd argue just the opposite. Now, this is not to say that American women aren't central to this story. Far from it. American women have shaped our culture every bit as much as men, and their virtues are every bit as necessary to the success of our republic. And given that, as you might expect, the left has launched its own assault on womanhood, 
and in fact on the very idea of gender. So the way that Holly like speaks though, it makes me wonder what he thinks what are feminine virtues or whatever? Is it like because like he's giving cooking a roast? That's exactly what I thought while I was listening to it. Keeping a, a kitchen clean. The virtue of sandwich making. Like that's I want him to keep speaking. going. It's like not that women aren't important. I was like, oh, describe how they're important. Really get into the minutia the of what their what their job is. <laughs> yeah, because like he is talking like he's 1950s. Like that's also, how that's how he's kind of. This is the this idea, up. and this is what a lot of. Rep- right-leaning conspiracy theorists get into, which is pretty much all he is. He's a, a conspiracy theorist in a tie and a suit, right? Yeah. But it gets to this idea that, like, the left doesn't like manly virtues, and but it also doesn't like womanly virtues. So it's trying to make us all this non-sexed, intersex, transgender... Boobs and penises! Uh, boobs yeah, and penises! Where we all got both, like, <laughs> what the fuck? No one is trying to do that. Yeah, he's... The ultimate Game of Thrones orgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, this one, this next one is really dumb too. And like, mm, and I had to pull an article because it's so dumb that I had to freaking explain it. I noticed that many of my Democrat colleagues in the Senate these days won't even say the word mother. Has anybody else noticed this? Birthing person is apparently the term of choice. You'd laugh, but it's absolutely true. It's as if women don't exist. And left-wing advocates across the country are busy trying to destroy women's sports, as if men and women are completely interchangeable. All of that, too, is part of the left's deconstructionist agenda. So he brings up the sports thing quite a bit throughout this thing, but he That's, never really like goes into. I the can issue. tell you exactly what it, it is. Like, Man. oh no, I know what it is, but he like he keeps saying it. If Trump, like, it's just a Trump, buzz play. If Trump was a dog whistle to the racist, this guy is a absolute dog whistle to the bigots. Also, and chauvinist, terrible. and yeah. you know how yeah. you know how when I text Jim, terrible. like to congratulate him on his upcoming baby, how I congratulate him and his birthing person. Yeah, because I'm such liberal, I don't like to use the term mom. Ooh, yeah, right. Yeah. All you the term mom get the yeah. fuck over yourself holly's also every ju- single message that has had to do with it with that be- between me me and frank and brandon it's always been mom yeah Hol- no one ever like uh, it's such no a, one's trying to take your that definition is such a fucking me. strong like, man it might wants, as well be an oz like if somebody wants to be called the birthing person fine whatever it's not hurting me right you do you man yeah, Person, that's fine. There's thing, whatever, <laughs> whatever you, you are. Yeah. Do you remember in like 2014, the man who first men to give birth, whatever, quote unquote, the man who was pregnant, who was like, like, okay, if you want to call him mom or birthing person, I don't give a fuck. It's there's if he wants seven to billion that. people yeah, on the like, planet, I, like, yeah. there are like three point five billion really, moms. Like, is that really a stop and go problem for you? You just can't live with that being a thing. So yeah, I thought it that's was, what it is. That it makes them uncomfortable. I thought it was cool. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I pulled this article from Newsweek um, that was from June seventh, twenty one. Um, Biden administration replaces mothers with birthing people in maternal health guidance. Um, I was excited about this article because, like, we have two hometown heroes. One is actually a little bit more in the realistic sense. The other one's Holly um, that make it (laughs) into this fucking article. So um, the White House's 2022 fiscal year budget replaced the words mothers with birthing people in a section about the public health funding. Uh, prompting ridicule, ridicule Monday from President Joe Biden's conservative critics. The Biden administration's budget includes a public health section which addresses efforts to, quote, reduce maternal mortality rates and end race-based disparities in maternal mortality, end quote. The budget specifically addresses racial disparities 
racial disparities between black American Indian slash Alaskan native and um, other women of color. But the but it is the replacement of the word mother with birthing people that drew the ire of conser- of conservative think tank leaders and right wing media members Monday following the re- release of Biden's budget. A heritage action lobbyist on Capitol Hill respond responded incredulously, tweeting, quote, why does Biden want to cancel mothers? The budget goes on to tout the implementation of, quote, implicit bias training for health care providers, end quote, as well as the creation of a state-run pregnancy medical home programs and additionally early childhood development funding. Pro-choice nonprofit uh, NARAL, N-A-R-A-L, defended the use of the term, tweeting, quote, when we talk about birthing people, we're being inclusive. It's that simple. We use general neutral language when talking about pregnancy because it's not just cisgender women that can get pregnant and give birth. Reproductive freedom is for everybody, end quote. The legislative director for major, fucking God damn it. The legislative director for Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley tweeted Monday, quote, the president of the United States introduced a budget that replaces the term mother with birthing people in reference to maternal health programs. The phrase birthing people also drew mockery from Republicans last month after Missouri Congresswoman Cori Bush used the term during House testimony about the county's or I'm sorry, the country's black maternal health crisis. Quote, everyday black birthing people and our babies die because doctors don't believe our pain. My children almost became a statistic. I almost became a statistic. The Democratic lawmaker testified on May 6th. The Biden budget proposal goes on to include, quote, more than 200 million to reduce maternity mortality and and morbidity morbidity rates nationwide, uh, bolster maternity mortality review committees expand the rural maternity and obstetrics management strategies program end quote so the fucking the bill the budget goes on to do all of these good things for women but it makes one change because the government has to be inclusive of everyone so even if it's not a lot of people, they like their language has to benefit the most people, right? Right. So they have to make their language as plain as possible and as non-offensive. As po- I don't right. see why this is the biggest thing. They're not saying get rid so of mothers. This, the the, the main goal. A lot. Well, can this also be a situation goal. of a surrogate? If you're a surrogate, you're not technically the mother, quote unquote, because brother, that a yeah. mother to us is Thank a very you. like yeah the main you know goal the person who's going to raise you is to increase. Infant or to decrease infant, infant mortality. mortality, and they're gonna use that as a fucking pogo stick to jump off of. Yeah, but here's here's the real irony: the Republicans are against a bill that is supposed to make infant mortality better. I thought they were pro life. Well, save the children. <laughs> yeah, no shit. There's two I aspects they were of their man. shit. They're yeah. hypocrites when it comes. They don't give a shit about children. They they give before you're born. They care, and then once you're 18 and you can be registered for the draft, they care again, and you can pay taxes. That's I, about the two times well, they give like, a shit. I think they, the other thing that kills me is that like they take that one little word, 
and they act as if Biden himself said it and that it's only proper for the entire United States yeah. to abide by that exact term. Like, no, man. Also, They're just including these people. Also, who, They're not saying you have to be them. Who writes the budget? It's not Biden, right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? That con- dude can hardly read, let alone write. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> Isn't it fucking Congress, though, at the end of the day? Like, you would think Congress has to pass the budget. So, and then, so it's like, dude, okay. So instead of whining and bitching about this, either vote for it or vote against it. Shut like the all fuck those little up. stickers of Biden you see at gas stations pointing to the price that said, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, uh-huh. thanks, Obama. It's just the same shit <laughs> yeah, over and over. Exact thing. You remember oh, the, You remember the commercial like, that Obama actually was in? I think it was a joke somewhere. But the commercial, he was trying to dunk a cookie in, into a glass of milk, and the cookie was too big around to fit in to the glass. So he hit it a couple of times, and he was he looked at it, gave it like a, a disapproving shrug, and said, thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Uh, Republicans care about white men, though. If you're a white man, they care about you. But I want to focus tonight on the deconstruction of men. Not because I think men are more important but because I believe the attack on men has been the tip of the spear in the left's broader attack on America. And because this attack, the attack on men, is already far advanced. But even as I describe the danger, there is cause for hope. For while the left's assault on manhood has been sharp and prolonged, it has not yet succeeded. And we must make it our business as conservatives to see that it does not succeed. More than that, we must seek a revival of strong and healthy manhood in America. <laughs> yeah, it was. I picked that to end on on purpose because that was nice phrasing. Like, <laughs> what are you trying to do, Josh? That sounded all right. That's not where I thought you were going at the beginning of the speech. He's just asking for a hand job. That's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. This is. I like stupid. I like my hand job hand to have calluses. He's got there's there's several he starts talking about uh manhood a lot and shit like that and you're just like, Man, whoever that's the one part of the speech. For as much as I've said it's like ooh, it's dangerous, it's slick, it's clever, like the manhood lines could have been cleaned up a little bit. Like Also, from now on, anytime I hear his manhood line, I'm just gonna pretend he's talking about his dick. Oh and yeah. His, his term for his dick is manhood. He starts yeah, he starts talking about yeah, it's you he has some more of those. So uh, I guess this clip is called Manly Republic. So I guess he's going to tie it into fucking. I don't even know. It's like it's like a theology. Like that's how he fucking talks. It's like it's, it's a, a right wing mad lib. It's, yeah, it's, it's GOP's religion. Yeah. We need men who will shoulder responsibility. Men who will start and provide for families. Men who will enter the covenant of marriage and then honor it. We need men to raise up sons and daughters after them, to pass on the great truths of our history and our culture, to defend liberty, to share in the noble work of self-government. We need the kind of men who make republics possible. And it's not too much to say that our ability to get those kinds of men, those kinds of citizens, will determine the success of our long experiment in liberty. He wants to experiment with men. Can we end this? <laughs> can we end this episode with it's raining men? Because it, oh, oh man, man. 
for someone who wants to bring back the masculine man, this sounds so gay. <laughs> yes, there are so many times where like, I thought that too. He's, he's the just dude. Like, he's this if in cut up in bites. This could be. He's the dude really that misused. watches Top Gun, and his favorite scene by far is the oh, volleyball, volleyball scene. Yep. <laughs> But it's he'll like tell that, everybody else that it's gay. Part of it's like that. I, he thinks he doth protest too much. Like <laughs> he, he, he loves to talk about like he's like emphasizing the manly thing and like bring up adjectives and descriptive, like being very descriptive. But I think in his head it means something different. It's, like he's thinking of something different. It's very like uh, I love that Neil says that like well, women don't. Uh, we won't forget about you. You'll have your place. But men, I want to get back to the men. He does. <laughs> d- to me, that's what's kind of scary about it, though, is that like. Okay, so imagine this guy has a shitty mustache, isn't and isn't like the uh, some shitty hole in the wall basement bar in Germany in 1940. Like that's how he's talking. Like this is how you rile up the well, troops. This is how you get. And he, like he's talking he's, exactly like someone who realizes Trump is 80 something and won't be around forever. Right. And that his sons are too stupid. If he can be Trump's message, but stripped of all the fucking. Uh, making fun of disabled reporters. He's like the, a competent uh, Matt Gates. If you can take yeah. Trump and strip him yep. of the grabbing by the pussy, yeah. That's what he's angling to be. And yeah. he's actually probably going to be successful because he's the most clean-cut, well-spoken person who can do what Trump does without yep. the vitriol. Yeah, and he sounds smart. Like, in the same way that when Obama gave a speech, like, you were like, man, he's a good speaker. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's the it's, exact same thing. It's, it's the exact same personality, is just with fascist shit. What's wild is that speaking also is not, is not an indicator of someone being a good leader. So it's actually no, a really shitty way to is. vote for people. Usually the better at speaking you are, the worse you are at managing, like, you don't multitudes have to, of people. Right? Yeah. You can you just, just give a, a hurrah speech and everyone yeah. goes to their desk. And then and then they get there like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> My yeah. life didn't improve at all. Yeah, but I he, feel like more like a man. He's gonna go on and and tell us about. I I don't even know. This one kind of confused me when I listened to it because I was just like, "What are you making the point? You think you're okay?" Let me just start by pressing home this point to you that the left's attack on America leads directly to an attack on men. For years now, Democrats and other leftists have insisted that America is systemically oppressive and unjust. They've said it so much and so often to them, it's a truism. It's the very cornerstone of their worldview. Just listen to the President of the United States. Joe Biden has, as President, repeatedly decried America's systemic racism. His administration has loudly called for a new gender equity agenda to right the structural injustices of our society. His nominees have advocated critical race theory and training in equity for federal workers. This past week, the administration celebrated the introduction of an X gender marker on American passports. Did you see this? X meaning neither male nor female, just so you're keeping up. All of this points, all of this points to how important the deconstructionist agenda is for Team Biden and for the American left. I mean, you think about it. Inflation may be rampant. Store shelves are bare. It costs 100 bucks to fill up a minivan in America, but the administration will not be deterred from focusing on the important issues. They are laser-focused on exposing just how bad America is. That's their top priority. That- First it's of so all, disingenuous. it's so disingenuous. Also, like, and his whole point, the whole entire thesis of that soundbite itself is tolerance is bad. Like that—that's what the he one just thing said. that America. everybody can agree on 
is these high gas prices are ridiculous. I don't know anybody that's a normal person, regardless if they vote left or right, that actually is like, hey, these gas prices are great. But I, but yeah. I would warn exactly. you, don't walk into that space because that's a trap. The only reason I know it's a trap, the because only, it's yeah, one of their, like, but that's why it works. Their main point, yeah. yeah. Well, and the like, only reason like that nobody's going to disagree with that. The gas prices don't correlate to an attack on men, like. So you know what I'm saying? So like, he just oh, has exactly. to have it yeah, for he, face value. He, yeah, he throws it in there so that people are like, yeah, I agree if he with that. Said, if he would have said the word work truck. Instead of minivan, yeah, he would have been targeting men. <laughs> but it's it, it just like, but the the idea, the two things don't correlate. Like gas prices have nothing to do with even if there was an attack on men, gas prices well, are also part of that attack yeah. because that's the a, left, like, like I I want him to keep taking that thought. Like the left thinks we're a racist country. Why do they think we're a racist country? Is it because? Like, we used to own black people in this country for, like, an embarrassingly long amount of time is because there used to be a whole group of people here who are still on reservations to this so fucking dude, day. Like it is it because women it couldn't vote till the 30s? It has years since we got rid this, of slavery. This, right. I mean, the it's last— It's been barely and, over 100. And the last what, big, like 120? The, the last big black leader who stood up for black rights and did, like, non-peaceful movement got shot. I don't And me. now a bunch of streets are named after him. Bad math. Like it's yeah, not no. that far away for move to, for him to be like we're not a racist country. The fuck we are not. You said non peaceful though. MLK was peaceful. Oh, no, yeah, I'm sorry. I meant peaceful. Yeah. Uh, uh, peaceful protest. But Malcolm X but, yeah. also got shot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So either way, it leads to the same fucking not, grave. Not even slavery. Like you know, Jim Crow was here until the 1960s. Yeah. So for right. the, it's not that I'm, it's not that the liberals. Well, Jim Crow is back now in the form of voting it's, laws and bullshit. Well, yeah. And it's like, not yeah. that the liberals have been saying that like. We're a racist country. It's that every history book that's not written in Texas says we're a, his- a racist fucking <laughs> yeah, country. Right. There's yeah. no way to paint. Like, you can you can fucking blow the founding fathers as much as you want, but it's, at the end of the day, you're going to have to skip giant parts of our history if you're only focusing on the things that make us look noble I've or listened, manly. I've yeah. listened you know? to a few, uh, a few podcasts that are, like, about Christopher Columbus or at least have some, like, overarching period where he's in there. I don't know why we have a national holiday surrounded like that's around trash guy. <laughs> Euro trash he's a <laughs> terrible person like absolutely yeah, horrendous truly was. person most of the people like, oh, we celebrate he, in this he, country he found america accidentally <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he did a shitty job at what he was supposed to do and then he was a dick about it <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah i i don't know that you you get the theme that we're like trying to tie buzzwords in here, like the whole the gas thing. Well, and I'm also to, I'm, to the point of like, oh, gas is this much, and and inflation is at a, at an all time high, and that's why trying to be gender inclusive is bad. To me, I don't because see because they those... should be tackling the gas prices. But, but Republicans are the ones who don't want to tackle Russia, and the reason why gas prices are but going you, so high, but right? You understand, you have a government, right? Right. So if you have a government that has four years to do shit, why can they not be working on inflation and gas prices and, like, whatever, at the same time that they're also including the goddamn word birthing people in a fucking also, thing? Also, I would just like, say, like, I would like to ask Holly, like, all right, the let's dots say— dots don't fucking connect. Let's say Trump, not. Trump comes back in two years. What's he going to do? I hear this all the time with, like, this wouldn't be going on with Russia if Trump was in office. And my response is, like, oh, yeah, what would Trump going to do? And they, there's never, he would bow there's, down to him. There's yeah, never absolutely. a response. What is he so gonna like, like? He'd be like, "We're gonna have an Mexico. angry word." Like, older, like, it's not gonna do anything. And I'm not saying that people that like fear Russia are wrong, but you shouldn't be like a bootlicker of them. You shouldn't like publicly give lip service to them. Like, yeah, they're bad. Say they're bad. Yeah. But 
like the caution of not having any sort of intervention besides like funneling as little amount of funding and weapons as we can to them. You understand is, is because like, you know, if we do anything too much, like they could just throw the nukes at us. Right. You know, you understand Say, how like, lucky we are that like, and how stupid Putin is for waiting until Trump was not in office to do that. Cause if he had done that when Trump was in office, I promise you that Trump would have been like, he might have aided Russia. No, he would have fucking put his <laughs> he would have dipped his toe in the water and he would have given a fucking rally speech and he would have been like, What if we did what if we took Cancun? Like what if we, what if we just took it back? And like the fucking fascists would rally. Well and Ted Ted Cruz would rally because you know how much he loves it there. Yeah. Um all right, so we're we're getting off track here. But you mean I could move there for a tax break just like Puerto Rico? Okay. Oh, Wouldn't even have to blame my kids next obviously time. Obviously, Holly is trying. The kids I can afford to have. Hobby, <laughs> this is something that's been in my head for the last several clips. Who is he trying to target? Like, with this type of rhetoric and, like, whatever, who is his target? My opinion, and this is a dated reference, so anybody in even my age group probably won't get it, Archie Bunker is his audience, right? Oh, yeah. It's the fucking... Red Foreman. Yeah, Red Foreman. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, the... the Pinko Kami, like, kids today... Kids today don't even what, know what it's what like was, to get shot in the ass by a commie bullet. <laughs> what, was, <laughs> right. yeah. what was the wife in that 70s show? Uh, Kitty. Kitty. So, Kitty asked, asked Red, Red, do you think I'm smart? And he says, oh, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna fight tonight? <laughs> <laughs> That's precisely who's Holly, who Holly is talking yeah, to. Yeah. So we got to do that by way of buzzwords, right? And so now we're going to like kind of inappropriately drag another buzzword. This one's in the in the form of a name. Um which Oh, can, can we you guess? Can you guess? So wait, it's a name. Uh, when was the speech? A couple months ago? This was on Halloween of 2021. 2021. Who is popular around then? It was critical race theory. Is it someone he's a fan of or someone he hates? Oh, no. This is a bad guy. A bad guy in the liberal's eyes. Yeah. Alec Baldwin. No, he just not a someone. bad guy. <laughs> oh. Come on. This is so easy. Who's the oh, boogeyman of the right? Laugh at that bit. The boogeyman <laughs> of the right, Nancy Pelosi? Nah. Other prominent liberals have taken this the next step and identified America's many alleged woes with men in particular. Take Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. White supremacy and patriarchy are linked in a lot of ways, she says, meaning that America's systemic racism is a systemic problem with men. Author John Stoltenberg writes that talking about healthy masculinity is like talking about healthy cancer. Professor Susanna Walters of Northeastern University says it seems logical to hate men unless they pledge to vote for feminist women only and don't run for office. So I have a problem with the title the healthy masculinity is like healthy cancer. It's like no man. No it is not. Like there's nothing like there's nothing I'll, as low in human health as there is cancer. Like you that's yeah. it's such a, a sensationalist equipment. It's thing. the idea it's also of his... but, but we know why he cherry picked it because the one crazy that just so happened to get a, a, a headline in some yeah. random Well and it's article. the same way like he he named one politician and then started naming off very liberal professors who's written books yep. on the extreme left side of the spectrum, like 
tell me, quote me what Biden has said that supports this liberal agenda. Yeah. Quote me what any other like mainstream they, they, politician they has said besides AOC. The, they cherry pick the furthest, craziest left. We can idea do that too. If we want to pick, and we can try to say that it's mainstream. We can pick Marjorie Taylor Greene and pick her quotes and just said the, the right. Which, uh, this well, applies to the right. We're actually kind of right whenever we say that she's yeah, because mainstream. this is kind of the same thing she would say. Yeah, but honestly, like with a lot of this stuff, I think that they're just scared of the. Like I don't. I think that they they so don't like the term toxic masculinity that and it's like yeah, but that shit does exist. Like we know that as men. I think it, yeah. You, I think you're probably right. I think th- with anything, they're more outraged by the term than yeah. they are what it actually. You know what I is. think yes. that does because like, that term never existed and it strikes a nerve so with them maybe, because maybe it, it hits something bad. that's real in society. Yeah. So they had maybe, to fight it and say that it doesn't exist. Maybe that's our bad. We should go with some softer titles. Yeah, but <laughs> right. like, are we gonna like? Oh, fuck, we're gonna let's, George Carlin let's, it. Let's cupcake the title and no. then like we so can't, that way they can wanna, read what it really is so and they might sh- actually agree because so the in, title's so cupcake. Instead of shell shock or post traumatic stress disorder, we yeah. just keep softening reverse the psychology, title. Frank. Yeah. Okay, so now <laughs> we have used the that might work. We've used the ga- the the gas thing that everybody the the fuel shortage. Oh, and I think the gas lighting. No. He's used a lot of that. Oh too. yeah, he's used a lot of that too. Um, so now we've used the the cost of fuel, um, inflation. And, and inflation to kind of to pull everybody in. Right, we all agree. Everybody it makes agrees. it real, and then it's we, not theoretical, right? Right, it like it affects your pocketbook. Then we've moved on to AOC and a couple of. Uh, like liberal professors. liberal professors, you have any idea where we're gonna end up you. in the list of Ilhan Omar things or names? Uh, Pretty Ilhan Omar? No, a little bit older, like two hundred uh, years. <laughs> Pelosi. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a uh, man two hundred years ago. <laughs> Uh yeah maybe two hundred. Oh we're years going ago. we're going communist aren't we we're going with Karl Marx or we're going with uh, bingo. There oh, we he's, go. he's bringing up the Godfather Fucking, himself. Okay yeah. Now, this line of thinking, I have to tell you, it's hardly new. As I'm sure you know, the critical theory of deconstruction runs back to mid-century intellectuals like Jacques Derrida and Herbert Marcuse and farther back to the Frankfurt School of the 1930s and back farther still to Marx. Nor is it new to blame men for society's ills. You know, Marcuse is particularly interesting in this regard. He was one of the leading lights of the 1960s counterculture. And he thought that Marx was right to call American society oppressive, but wrong, or to call Western society oppressive, sorry, but wrong to see that that oppression was principally economic. That was Marx's mistake. No, the really oppressive thing about American society, according to Marcuse, was culture. And while Marx pinned his hopes on the working class, the proletariat, working class men, really, in particular, Marcuse saw those same men as the problem. They were too culturally conservative, too hidebound, too traditional. Now, Marcuse concluded that the revolution would only come from the well-educated elite who could see beyond mirages like gender and manhood, which brings us back to today's American no, left. No, it doesn't, because that's not they a starting point. They have swallowed point. that theory whole, and they are repeating it from every platform where they have power, which is just about everywhere. So... There's you, not a communist writing that you can possibly find that say that states that men are the primary evil. No, 
And if he's and and if there is a phrase that's like of man, it's like humanity. Well, also, <laughs> like it's not maybe it's the man, fact that they're a gender. You know, like maybe, how the Bible re- is written, right. the same way that all those older texts are written. Well, and I also think that yeah, you have to take into the fact the account when was man it written was synonymous with humanity. It was written in a time where women weren't a major part of the workforce, so right. like Hell, they didn't. Yeah, when Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon, it's. A small step for man. He meant humanity. Right. Although I do think that that quote proves that we never went to the moon. Because name <laughs> one. I can't hop on that one. Name one other thing that Neil Armstrong ever said. Like, that shit was manufactured. 100%. I don't somebody like, who said something that smart. We know he's had some other sentences in his life. That's all I'm saying. I love Look, the. Uh, he was the first astronaut. I'd venture to say he was an absolute nerd. Well, he wasn't the first astronaut. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> but, like, dude was a scientist, like, back w- way before it was cool to be a scientist. Right. Nobody cared what he was going to say after that. Um, so a little bit about Herbert Marcuse from Britannica.com. Um, German-born American political philosopher and prominent member of the Frankfurt School of Critical Social Analysis, whose Marxist and Freudian theories of the 20th century Western society were influential in leftist student movements of the 1960s, especially after the 1968 student rebellions in Paris and West Berlin and at New York City's Columbia University. Marcuse's first major work, uh, Eros and Civilization, E-R-O-S? Eros? Eros and Civilization, a a philosophical inquiry into Freud, uh, is a sweeping indictment of capitalism that is is remarkable for not once mentioning Karl Marx. The basis of Marcuse's critique is instinctively uh, psychological, is the instinctive psychological drives posited by Sigmund Freud, according to Marcuse. This, uh, these... These drives express longings that cannot be satisfied from within the psychological constraints imposed by capitalist forms of social organization. Freud, conversely, was much less willing to trust the instincts in this way. He believed that they should be sublimated toward constructive social ends. In many respects, Marcuse's analysis uh, anticipated the libidinal... I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not looking at the word. <laughs> L-I-B-I-D-I-N-A-L. Libinol? Lib- Sounds like Lebinol. a medication. Lebanol? It does. Libinol. Libinol. Um, whatever. Politics of various French thinkers of the 1960s, which characteristically conflated the ideas of political and sexual emancipation. Um, his best known and, in, and most influential work, One Dimension Man, studies in it studies the ideology the ideology of advanced industrial society. Marcuse argued that the modern affluent society represses even those who are successful within it while maintaining their complacency through the ersatz 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 satisfactions of consumer culture. That's true. Yeah. I would yeah. argue that like the people on top or the middle management aren't any happier. They're just bought off more than the average worker is. Yeah, um, precisely. But I don't. What I don't it's hear in this today. is I don't hear it. I don't hear Holly's um, anti-social justice warrior or anti-man, anti-man, or, or any of that stuff. That like 
he, and he threw it out there like, well, we've all heard of this guy. We all know if you read your, like, right, like, and then twisted it because he knows they the just, people he's talking just, to hasn't they read assign, it. Right. They they use revisionist history to assign the attributes that they want to these people. Yeah. Yep. And use them as their poster boys exactly. for bad. Yeah, and they speak vaguely enough that they can be like, yeah. well, that's Because nobody of... in their constituency does any damn research of their own. No. No. Not other than YouTube. Why would you read when you <laughs> can watch YouTube a YouTube video? And the YouTube research they do yeah. is this speech. Well, Holly said it, so it must yeah. be it must be true. University curricula abound with seminars on masculinity and its defects. To take just one example of the kind of thing that's on offer, consider Professor David Cohen of the Drexel Klein School of Law. Traditional masculinity, he says, has oppressed girls and women and limited the identity construction of all boys and men. Seminar at Williams College, which is called Performing Masculinity in Global Popular Culture, asks, why must masculinity be the purview of males at all? It's an important question. <laughs> Answering that, by the way, will cost you $75,000 a year. You know, even our military academies are in on the act. West Point reportedly held mandatory events last year addressing gender norms, including toxic masculinity. One cadet said afterward, I'm being taught how not to be a man. That is because for a generation, for my parents' generation, they preached, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go work in a trade. Yes. You want to know what my dad and 90% of his friends did? Joined welders. a trade. Yeah. They were welders and they were fucking drywall right. mechanics and all this shit that it, don't pay enough now. Also, another factor is that during that generation, women stayed at home. Because A, because they could, because you didn't need financially. Dual, you have finan- financially you didn't need dual incomes. And also not because they could, because they all, were not allowed, like, they, because they just there didn't was a hold positions against the All positions of my parents' generation work, yeah. saw eventually that the trades got too full, and there was a, a bunch of guys sitting in the hiring hall waiting to get work, so they told their kids, my generation, our generation, to go to college. Right. Well, and also, I don't know about and, you guys, and you know what? I, I know women and my there age. There was, like, a predominant leaning towards their daughters going to college, because the men could still make a living sometimes. Right. And As also, laborers and st- of, right. of that sort. What does that say about the fact that like sixty percent of uh, the people in college are women? They're still making seventy cents on the dollar. What a man does. What does that say about us as a society that even the smarter, the more more educated group can't make the same amount of money? Also, a disproportionate number of like men in our generation joined the military because there was a war going on. I for, also think for 20, that like ten years at when that it, point, yeah. and then for another ten years when. When it costs so much for higher education, when when doing it requires not only going and like the patience to sit through it and complete courses and and plan that shit out, but also the the, the drive to get grants, to get uh, federal funding, to keep track of all that shit, to, to keep, get loans, to, to get stay in loans, debt. student payments, <laughs> and maybe it's the fact that women are better at like multitasking and can actually do that shit, and men like me just get frustrated and be like, fuck higher education. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do my, with that. My wife handles all of our finances. Yeah, because maybe I it's can't handle it. <laughs> I don't know a woman who doesn't handle it better than men, and I hate to be stereotypical with that, but like there are a lot of reasons that Holly doesn't want to get my into mom about has, like even my my parents' generation. My mom has been the one to balance the checkbook every month. It certainly wasn't because when I did go to college, I had to sit through seminars about how I shouldn't be a manly man. That wasn't the case. Right. 
right. that's not the core curricula. Like that's not your forced no. class. Also, like gender studies is not like your your general elective. You're yeah. not going to get credit for that when, if you're when they, a biologist. When they talk about things like toxic masculinity, it's because like there's a huge problem with uh, with like um, sexual harassment in this country, largely being dominated <laughs> by men doing it to women. You know, like stalkers are predominantly men. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like you can't just like uh, most people who get killed in a spousal abuse situation. Men are the the people who kill people. There is a real problem well, that, also, that the term and, and is supposed to address. When we did the critical race theory episode, we already went through this shit where it's like, well, the military is teaching. No, they're not. They're like reading books. Like they're just like you know. Why wouldn't we? That's another. Why wouldn't point. we be fucking worldly well, and read different theories and, no and do like to, whatever? Like, Jim, well, like, but newsflash! Like, newsflash! It's real life. This is the psychology of the American population, which are also the same population that's going to be in the American military. Right. Like, yeah. oh, well, how did we connect that dot? Yeah. Have there been studies that like a woman in serving in the military, especially overseas in like Afghanistan, Iraq area in the mid two thousands, was more likely to suffer sexual assault or rape than a woman at in the United States. True. Yeah. So like the fact that they had to sit soldiers I watched, down. Well, I didn't watch it happen, but like I I heard about it within the same unit. Yeah. So the fact that that soldiers complaining other te- they're telling me not to be a man. No, what they're telling you to do is don't fucking harass women just because they're serving alongside you and there's not a lot of women around. Like, yep. They're not here for you. If it so pleases the crown, can you stop being a piece of shit? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Um I love his turn of phrase in this next clip. Uh, just because I think that it kind of uh, sums up the whole thing. Hollywood delivers the toxic masculinity theme ad nauseum in television and film. Our expert class amplifies it. The American Psychological Association now advises the following, that conforming to traditional masculinity ideology, there's a mouthful, has been shown to limit male psychological development and negatively influence mental health, and physical health. Manhood, it seems, is a disease to be defeated. The fuck, man, are you talking about? Nobody I, said that ever, but it's almost like these conservatives that want to jump all over this, they just they hate their daughters. Yeah. I I also like that he says, which has been done ad nauseum. This whole speech is ad nauseum. <laughs> like, all you're yeah. doing is repeating the same tired bullshit. Like, you and Ted Cruz are the same person. He just did it for 24 hours. You did it for an hour and a half. Also, if... There, it, to blame psychiatrists. If psychiatrists are your problem because you think they're telling men to be less like men, I would think that what you're what you're attributing to being a manly trait is a violent trait. Is a trait that most men are going to a psychiatrist and be like, "Hey, can you quit? Can you help me be less angry, less depressed, right. less moody?" Like that's not a like the fact that psychiatrists are trying to weed that out of men is a good thing. That's the cause right. of so much it's of our societal It's almost like they're, they're trying to paint the psychiatrist as like a bunch of like ultra lefty globalists that are going to transform men into their own robots that think the way they want to think. Like, no, nobody can do that. <laughs> like, also ironic considering that the guy he quoted from actually quoted a lot of Freud. Like, yeah, right. To then be like, psychiatrists are the problem. Well, the guy you just quoted from the 60s was relying on him. So, <laughs> right. The yeah. one psychiatrist who's been proven wrong on every front, like he didn't he didn't do enough homework for that though. The left delivers the same message in the press, through the giant corporations, and through advertising. Gillette infamously ran an ad campaign for its razors back in 2019 that included this voiceover bullying, Me Too movement against sexual harassment, toxic masculinity. 
Is this the best a man can get? I don't understand why that bothers them. Like, they're really just, like, because I don't even want to, like, dive into that so much. Like, he's, like, it's time. We're beating up on men because of Gillette, a man's razor company, uh, is talking about Me Too and toxic masculinity in their ad. So he's mad about it. And I'm just like, you're, this is just for, this is cherry picked, first of all. And secondly, why are you mad about this? Like, why is this also, not ignoring like, Buy a different hey, razor if you really care that. Well, right. uh, yeah, exam. Also, the fact that, like, it's... it's you get mad at people for their, like, opinions on Chick-fil-A and shit? <laughs> but, like, here you are making do, some trivial fucking razor ad. It is, su- it is such a... Like, it's it's such a well-trod area for him hour. that the, the, the... He had to go back to 2019 to think of an ad that pushed the liberalism too far. Like it happens so fucking often. Also, his whole thing is like well, he couldn't defend. Liberals. He couldn't defend the what was the company H and M did the monkey shirt. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah, he's not. He's, he's not, not going to defend that. But it's it's just frustrating because like that ad is stupid. Like Gillette didn't need to do that. They were obviously pandering. That's fine. But yeah. also like his whole uh, Holly's whole point that like the liberals are in charge of everything and they're they're ramming like, this agenda. That was 2019. Trump was in office. Right. It happened under Trump. Is yeah. he responsible? And, yeah. And also, like, so were who and the, the fuck so cares? were the Republicans. Also, Buy like, a different like, razor. Aren't we in a freedom? Not gonna hurt my our feelings. Freedom-loving capitalist society. Can a corporation do that? Right. Why are you criticizing? Now, them? I will say that I agree with you. It's like, stupid because gonna, of the pandering. Gonna, but the message yeah. isn't bad. The message he's, isn't bad, but it's it's one they don't. They're using they it as a PR point. It. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He's he's beaten the dead horse on masculinity, but he's like these these particular words they hurt me. Forget sticks and stones; these words hurt me. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like right. it's counterbalanced by every fucking beer ad or anything you see that's geared towards men. That is like any yep. truck ad, like, like the ridiculously... Bush commercials to this day is the dude <laughs> right. that's a jack the lumberjack dude. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like and you he, can find when he a... opens his beer, he goes Bush. That's you can find he's a billion red foreman, <laughs> right? Yeah. You can find a billion examples of diet sodas that are sold to men in this really masculine way, and no one's really complaining unless they're no. offensive about it. Right. Um, well, like, yeah. Like yeah, said, he's just the don't guy. Care. Like he, the Bush Don't give a shit. Most it's, commercials. It's over the top masculine. I don't care. Whatever, I mean, man. The better point, you. Holly, is why the fuck are you paying attention to commercials in 2019? Yeah. Like, we yeah. had the skip button. <laughs> you yeah. had the mute button. Yeah. Moving on. You don't on. have any apps. Fact, like, what the fuck? I haven't I'm, seen an I'm ad so five cheap. years. I'm so cheap that I stream my sports my sporting events, and whenever commercials come on, the stream can't show it, the commercials, yeah, so it just, just this commercial break in place. Yeah, I'm I like, whatever, that. look at my phone. Um, <laughs> all right, so this one I do think is equally as stupid as all of the rest, but is probably one of the best examples of um, how dangerous his tongue can be. Like, real-life dangerous. Like, we've been shitting on him the whole time and making fun of him and whatever. But, like, there's something about this phrasing to me that I think we need to, like, kind of pull apart after we after we hear it. Because it, I do think that it's it's very dangerous. And the left is writing this same men are the problem mantra into our policy. Working class men have been a particular target of this administration. President Biden's illegal vaccine mandate on private citizens, and it is illegal, put millions of working class men squarely in the crosshairs. Shut up, get the jab, or get lost. That was the message. Now, never mind that those are the very same people hailed as essential workers not 12 months ago. Not anymore. Now they're expendable. 
Now they're the problem. But the left has been pursuing its attack on men through policy for longer than the last year, and sometimes they've done it with the help of Republicans. <laughs> that, no. There's problems in our own party. Yeah, no, but that's, it, the, that's the dangerous thing. That right? dangerous. we got to make no ourselves sense. more and more and more radical. The way he's able to hand wave away that, like, the pandemic and the mask mandates and the, the vaccine mandates, they affected men. They were an attack on men. How? Right. They were so, an attack on people, on men. and you only care about men. As That's yes, the real thing. That is as the if real all thing. of us don't personally but, know at least one nurse that refused that to get the shot and, and the quit, quit over I know, it. Yes, yeah. exactly. I know, and we, and like the, our nurses aren't the same. We think I, of two I, different people. I know of more people on on both of my hands that quit because of these mandates, and it's like 50-50 to a T, but men and women. You're right, Brandon, in the fact that like why Holly is dangerous is because that magic act right there where he was able to get to look at the right hand while the, the left hand palms something. Yeah. He was able to direct the conversation not from the logical point where it should end of like, why the fuck is he excluding half the people? Oh, yeah, because he can't play into the victimhood of... Right, but casting what, this like not all men are as strong as me. We should get back to what I am. But what he also did, too, is he put that even on his own party, and I think that's one of the most dangerous things. When he flips the hand at the end of that clip and he uh, says that this hasn't just been done on the left, this has been done with the help of Republicans, now he's branding a type of Republican. He's attacking the Mitt Romney type. Well, and he's also allowing people... Which is weird, like, to think that Mitt Romney is, like, the litmus test for the center Republican. Oh, my God, I right? How far we moved shit. right... I think one of the most dangerous things, though, is when somebody who is clearly on the far side of whichever side, far left, far right, whatever. In his world, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and himself are the only people that matter. When you're able to say, look, everything is shit and it's left, 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 left. But it's also the people within my own party that don't agree with me. A, it's dangerous because you've now branded yourself as I am this type of Republican. I'm a Trump Republican. I'm a Hawley Republican. I'm a Cruz Republican. Those are different than Romney Republicans, right? Rhinos, whatever. Um, yeah. But I also Adam think it, is an idiot. it allows the type crap like it that. allows the MAGA fan base, fanboys, to be able to say, yeah, there are certain Republicans I don't like either. I'm above the left-right paradigm. I must be your brand of Republican. And that's dangerous because somebody who can speak as well as he does can take somebody who's stupid, who thinks I'm your brand of Republican. And turn them into an SS bolt wearer. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think that that's terrifying. I think I think his charisma and his his ability his to youth, yeah. I don't think yes. he's actually I that charismatic. But yeah, the fact I, that I what, remember telling you both that you were crazy for thinking that Trump was going to be the American Hitler, <laughs> and we were only like one step off. Yeah, like here's yeah. Holly. Yeah. Well, and I think his youth is because he stacks up against people like even Ted Cruz and the the kind of like middle crowd between Trump, you know, and Holly. Holly's the the young generation, he knows how to utilize buzzwords and uh, viral marketing. You know, like, I doubt if you listen today, like, he might hit critical race theory again, but he knows when to pick something up and when to drop it. Yeah. When it's you played its usefulness Buzzword, out. Buzzword, Holly, Holly is just Yeah, every once in a while you see someone like there. Trump or, yep. or Cruz try, but, like, it, they can't keep up with memes. Holly, they can't keep up with the, you know, it's too quick. Holly is truly on the level of Goebbels. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's the Goebbels yeah. for the fucking the social media age. Yep, I I I guarantee you if you look at I well I know his Twitter game is on point. Like whoever runs it, like they're very good at finding the stories that they can use mm-hmm. to create a victimhood that cast them as the victims. Yeah, which is weird. We'll talk about victimhood in a little bit. 
Over the last 30 years and more, government policy has helped destroy the kind of economy that gave meaning to generations of men. Domestic manufacturing once supported millions of American men with good wages, who in turn started and supported families. Now that industry lies all but dead on what? The altar of globalism. Shut the fuck Ooh. up. You created that. Yeah. You created that. All of your Republican fucking friends created that because they sent all the jobs overseas. Yeah. I would Tell say me that, I'm fucking wrong. I would say that Bill Clinton and NAFTA, there are some things that, 100% like, their fucking fault that jobs that used to be manufacturing in America are overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Because you cannot it, tell me I'm wrong on that. He is the pot calling the kettle black, and he's trying to point it at the other side, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. The last 30 years. You know, when Reagan was in I'm office. I'm going to turn Jim into a fucking Marxist over here. <laughs> <laughs> but also the idea that a lot of those jobs went away, like, part of it is, yes, yeah, some jobs got outsourced. The other part of it is, like, jobs we used to consider manly are dangerous, and we we can get robots to do them for cheaper. We don't need to pe- send people into coal mines if we can get yeah, a big fucking drill to do doesn't it. E- like it you know, all of don't... that happens here in America and other first world countries, but that doesn't even scratch the surface of the workforce. Yeah, that's, that, I mean, that's of, true. But it, like it, the surface of the workforce for those industries is 90% overseas. In mm-hmm. third world countries or countries that are also first world, oh, no. but they're like China, this, where... This is... Like, Chinese men are getting strong. They're going to be. Th- <laughs> oh, that's no. why they're taking over the world. They're doing all the carpentry. Right. <laughs> right. That's such a. That I wouldn't be surprised though. I could rant for hours on this though. Like, yeah. like really, man. Like, no, they I, did it, and they're trying to point the finger at the left. Yeah, like, well, saying yeah. that the left is responsible. And also, like, the lefty globalists did this. Like, no, his but, you did, but yeah, his blamed whole, it on us. But his whole point is still again. Like we we get frustrated about this because we've heard these same fucking talking points by several different characters over and over again. And it's always the same uh, flashcards, right? It's always the same set of cards that they pull from and they throw a term out there. But he's using it as an attack on men only. And that to me is like, how though? Like industry leaving the country affects more than just men in the workforce. Yeah. Like, who the fuck are we talking to where well, the it, women aren't equally or more it's, so it's a part of the like, workforce? It's almost like the era where World War II existed just doesn't count. Right. Because, like, the entire factory was filled with 90% women, 10% men in that time period because all the men were overfighting the war. Right. Well, and everything he's talked about being a thing that men have lost, the, like, Women have also lost, like in terms of jobs, jobs going overseas, uh, the marriage rate declining, not having as many kids. Dude, that affects at, women too. Women are not having as many kids. It's not. A, it's Apple, like, like look at Apple's foreign workforce. It's almost sixty percent women. Yeah, it's it's. There are a lot more causes, and it's a lot more. When he says globalist, ironically, it is a globalist thing that you need to uh, take a step back and look at it or at a more like granular level. But he's wrong. Like he keeps trying to tie it into men, and it has nothing to do with U.S. masculinity. No, it's really weird how he's trying to tie all of this into like a. It's gen- a and you know why? I mean, you boogeyman. watched the video, Brandon. Did they did they cut to the audience a lot? Was it mostly men in the audience? No, they, they pretty much stayed on him. But like, it, I imagine the reason he's bringing it up is because it's like less than twenty percent women. Yeah, I would imagine that you're not wrong. Well, and I, those that are there are a bunch of kitty foremans. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, they're Marjorie Taylor Greens and shit. Like, um, I 
don't uh, man i i don't know i i it, to me it's weird that he's trying to tie all of this shit in in the first place because there's like there's this irony um that he is talking about how much focus the left puts on gender but throughout the entire speech he's like men are disenfranchised yeah. men we need more rights men yeah. it's just like what the fuck dude what country did you grow up in bro <laughs> like not the one i is grew up in is he trying to say that men is not a gender i i, I dude like I that know. seems like the equivocal the the equivalent here if 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 the left is only focusing on gender and gender is only female and all the other alphabet letters <laughs> it's almost saying that men are not a gender <laughs> I, men don't exist anymore we're that disenfranchised i don't know we don't logical work. leaps we we don't work anymore logical leaps because it's not always about what they say it's what they didn't right at the same time advancing consolidation has made it almost impossible for family farmers to compete against multinational firms and the result is fewer and fewer men working and by the way, I don't mean the elderly or the disabled. I'm talking about prime-aged, able-bodied men. Since 1965, the number of adult men between the ages of 20 and 64 not working, not even looking for work, but completely and totally out of the labor force, has quintupled, going from 3 million in the middle 1960s to more than 16 million in 2015. And the less men work, the less they marry. Marriage rates are plummeting. And the age of first marriage continues to rise as men push commitment off further and further into the future. By 2010, a majority of men in this country between 25 and 34 had never married. And that trend has accelerated in the years since then. We'll never even get the second marriage. <laughs> oh man! So I love that he's the qualified with first marriage because logically, like that means like dude, not enough men are get, getting the first marriage, which means you won't even get it. Like he's pretty much bemoaning the fact that we're not going to have a day where people have been divorced four times anymore. That's dude, a good takes, thing, right? It takes a right. lot when, as a guy that's been divorced and remarried, it takes a lot to want to remarry. Yeah. I found a needle in a haystack in my wife for me. Yeah. Like, just lucky that we get along 99 days out of 100. Well, and I like, I, I, my ex wife, I cannot say the same thing. I have multiple, like, or both of you guys, I have multiple friends who are married. And when they told me they were getting married, when Brandon, when you told me you were getting married, I was like, right on. Like, I wasn't like, no, I got to keep you single. I'm like, right. that's, he, that's like, he is like most of the people I've known in my life. But when I have friends who just live with someone for 15 years, I'm like, that also doesn't strike me as odd. You yeah, know? Yeah, it's right. just as valid of a cohabitation. Yeah. 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 It's what I, I don't know. Like, I, the people that would bring that up is like, ooh, it's different. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, so, you're not part of the relationship. Why do you care? There's said, also a shit ton of, like, again, economic and social reasons. It's expensive as hell to be married. It's expensive as hell to be married. It's A wedding costs how much? Right. Well, and even for a basic one, like I'd say, I'd sorry, say but, average in, on the the United States average is probably ten ten grand. Right. And most people live how like close to the poverty line. It's just not feasible. No. Like Same thing with a kid. No, like you're lucky you if you a, can meet somebody to cohabitate. Right. With. You want me to spend Co a quarter of my yearly income on a marriage? Right. And it's not even like how much of your yearly income is supposed to go toward the ring. For the engagement that's going to last three nine months, months that you can take all the Instagram photos for. The tradition it's a fucking, is three months. It is a yeah. long, winding process to get and married, what is, what and is it, also there's so much months. pressure. Hey, 
three months it's it's fucking it's a quarter of your income (laughs) so a quarter of your income on the ring and then a quarter of your income on the marriage so half your fucking income is spent just getting hitched and then when you get divorced they take half your fucking belongings (laughs) (laughs) it is a multi-level marketing scheme i'm right not to do it holly has convinced me to stay stay single (laughs) fewer marriages means fewer fathers in the home by 2020 over 18 million american children lived without a father present. If you're keeping track, that's more than a quarter of all children in America. And I probably don't need to remind you that an absent father is strongly correlated with increased childhood poverty, childhood depression, and poor academic performance. Yeah, all of that makes sense, but why is that a problem of the left? Like that's my whole problem with this entire speech. You're just softballing shit. Like it's you're a prob- it's hit, a problem of the left. But the left, fruit. the left is also trying desperately to make those lives better. Right. So how is yeah? Which the what? right is vehemently opposed to. The right, yeah. if the right had their way, we wouldn't give out things like food stamps. So those single so like, mother homes that have kids this, would struggle further. Time, yeah. The reason that these problems are being exacerbated generation by generation is because you're blocking the policy that would prevent it. Right. Or, like, at least alleviate some of the pain. I don't understand how the... And I'm not saying... I don't even like the it's fucking... rough out here, y'all. I don't like the Democrats Is either. Because I think whistle? the Democrats are f- full of shit. But, like, it, it's amazing to me that anybody can listen to the ideas of the Republican Party and then have somebody like this turn around and be like, this is a problem of the left. And be like, wait a minute. No. All of the things you've been telling me are the right things to do for all of these decades are why we're why also, you're able to cite the shit that you're able to cite and then just like point a finger somewhere oh, uh, like uh, spin around and point at somebody his fault. Let's go and do a poll. Let's go find every per, every fa- kid who had a, a home where the father wasn't there and let's ask him, was your father a liberal or a Republican? You know, because I bet I'm just willing to bet that most of them are like gun toting Republicans who abandon their families. And it wouldn't like match up to Holly's idea that they did it because the liberals told them to. Truthfully, that's probably 50 50. Maybe it is. But like there's not. But either way, it's not a bunch of liberals doing it. It's like as a personal experience, my my wife's dad is from Selmer, Tennessee. I don't think he's liberal. Right. (laughs) Just thinking of every case where I know it, I'm like, yeah, there's not a, a bunch of like hippie dads out there who abandon their family. Mostly, it's Cabela cap wearing rednecks. This this next clip is literally one of my favorites, just because like of the tone, the conversation that we've had so far. Then for him to like to to just like slide this little comment in here, it just makes I'm so happy. Thank you, thank you, Josh. This one is for the books. Now, I'm not here tonight to tell you that men are victims. The last thing that we need more of in the United States today is the victim mindset. Men who blame others. Men who blame others for their problems and then slink away to do nothing or worse, who embrace violence or cruelty deserve rebuke. Responsibility is one of God's greatest gifts to mankind, and men must be held responsible for their choices and their actions and for their lives. That's what liberals want. <coughs> that is exactly what liberals he, want. He just spent an hour and a half blaming Time's liberals. Up. Me too. No, no, no. Not they an want hour and men a half. to be held accountable. We spent an hour and a half. He is, this whole speech is like 25 minutes long. So, uh, um, But he spent okay. enough time. Uh, 
I the gall of someone to be like, look, white men are the victims. We're <laughs> beset of, we're bes- uh, beset on all sides, but we're not we're not victims. We're not victims, right? Like victim mindset. That's for women. We're being <laughs> like, look, look, we're not that's victims. Like, that's what we're not saying. victims. We're just being targeted, right? Uh oh, dude, I don't know. That, we're just being targeted systematically, but we're not victims. I he gets uh, in a couple of clips. He gets pretty fucking commie on us, which is really weird considering where we've been. But first, we've got uh, re- I guess real men or Republicans or something. And while the left may celebrate this decline of men. I, for one, can't join them, and really nobody should. The crisis of American men is a crisis for the American republic. It's not just that millions of men out of work slows our innovation and our economic growth. It's not just the billions of dollars in welfare payments these idle men cost the federal fisc year on year. It's not only the depression and the darkness that now shadow so many. It's that liberty requires virtue. And in particular, it requires the manly virtues. America needs good men. The liberty of a republic is a demanding thing. To keep a republic, you have to be willing to fight for it. To share in self-government, you have to be willing to stand up for what you believe. To preserve liberty, you have to discipline your passions and sacrifice in the service of others. And that's why for centuries, lovers of liberty have praised those qualities as the highest standards of manhood. That's not to say women don't possess them, but it is to say that those virtues are the bright side of the aggression and competitiveness and independence that psychologists, no less than philosophers, have long observed in men. Assertiveness and independence are strengths when they are used to protect and empower others. That is the long testament of the Republican tradition. Is that not what the left is trying to do right now? Right. Yeah. Uh, what? To make it okay for women to be self-assertive and more so you know, now, things that are traditionally... Uh, now we using we those to the... strengths to empower those that are oppressed. Um and again, I this idea you're a lefty, sir. This idea that liberty <laughs> equals manhood. Yeah. That like he keeps trying to tie this into the founding fathers. Like, well, if without fathers and manhood and swinging dicks, we wouldn't have a country. Right. It's like, well, yeah, we also wouldn't have had the systematic rape of Native Americans and the genocide of fucking like uh, entire peoples. You know. Right. But you want to also blame that you can't just cherry pick the good things from a society and say that's what men do. You also can't go on and on and on and say this is what a man is. For 20 minutes and then be like, not to say that women aren't that stuff, too. Right. (laughs) Then what is your point? Then what is what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why aren't you then fucking go back and rewrite this say people. If you have to have that caveat, then that just means that you're arguing against it. You have to have that caveat because, like, you know how easily it would be for an incel to listen to this and think that he's right on because he's hitting all the rhythms of the white male victimhood. Yeah. Of like, look, you can't make a living, like, you can't get married, what a fucking loser, but that's not your problem, it's the liberals, they don't want you to get married. Yeah, he's the, like, not outwardly racist uh, Nick Fuentes, right? Like, he's saying, he's he's fucking pitching to that crowd. Um, It's it's just, it's dumb. So the question is, how are we going to get them today? Well, let me make one suggestion. We can start by repudiating the lie 
that America is systemically oppressive and men are systemically responsible. That is a fantasy, it is a folly, it is a falsehood, and we should call it out for what it is. America, America may be an imperfect place, but it is the most noble experiment in liberty the world has ever seen for poor and for rich alike, for men and for women, for black and for white. And though we have struggled to live up to our ideals, and we have failed, and we have gotten up to struggle again, there's honor in the struggle. And we are still, even now, the last best hope on earth. So he's, he's, this speech has turned into something for the history books. Like, now we want this to be in the... The uh, last best hope on earth. Yeah, he, did, he also did the lovers of liberty line. Like, this has turned into, um, like... He, this uh, will master, be a campaign. He masturbates to the painting of John Scott. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It, I don't know. Um, Why are we the last best hope on earth? Or don't other countries prize masculinity? Actually, I believe some other countries are so masculine, their women aren't allowed to vote or drive. Right. Or fuck, you know, people who uh, do anything. Like, you can kill and rape them, essentially, with, like, <laughs> impunity. Is that what Holly wants us to do? Is he wants us to get so masculine, like... Where is the line for him of what is acceptable See, he'd for, have to, for men to do? If you want my opinion, what, what I, my thought is, is he doesn't actually really fucking care about any of the shit that he said over the course of this entire no, speech. No, this he's is populist. him play, he's playing yeah, the, cr- he's the fucking audience like a crowd. He's a populist. Yeah. He's a very well-spoken populist, I, which is frightening. I don't know about you, but I imagine when I say, he's saying this stuff, I imagine the people that I know that are Trump supporters who would be in the audience nodding their head, being like, ha, I've thought that too. I've thought people are pussies, and yeah. I thought blah, blah, blah. Yep. That's all it is. That's, is that he's just he, echo chamber repeating yeah, what you're hearing in your head. Yeah, but he's saying it. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> he's saying it with a better vocabulary He's saying than it in do. a way where he can get educated people too. He doesn't have to go out and just do the Rosie O'Donnell's a fat bitch, so you should fucking <laughs> you should vote for me. Like Fuck he, those koosh balls. Yeah, he's doing it in a way where he can get people who would listen to Rush Limbaugh, investor types, old Republicans, well, sixty five year old Republicans. He wants to run the gamut. Holly wants to be the kind of guy that like not only is Alex Jones saying like he's woken up, he he said globalist, so he's on my so side. Bridge the but gap. the kind of guy who's also Nick Fuentes would be like, Yes, he's speaking the truth. Uh Dan Bongino. Tucker Carlson might use a clip or have him on. Sean Hannity. He wants to be the Bill O'Reilly. He wants to be the star of all those people because that's where he's positioning himself. And that's why he's fucking dangerous as shit. Because he is the guy who can bridge the gap. There are other guys that might be able to do that. Ron DeSantis might be you know, able to do that. Before yeah. this episode. Holly's younger. Read, he's better looking. He's more charismatic. Before this definitely. episode Before this episode, <laughs> I would read headlines that would say that Holly is a future frontrunner for presidential candidate and i'm just like really he hasn't been around that long and like now i understand I mean, honestly yeah. look at obama how long was he around before he became president sometimes that's better you know like right because you know the bag biden didn't even announce that he well, was gonna whistling, run he's whistling so hard to what's popular yeah but biden didn't even that was their and, whole strategy and, contrary, and hillary clinton contrary to the right's belief this is not a meritocracy it is who's the most popular right and yeah holly Currently is, and he is but playing for, for, for the reasons of being a piece of shit. But if Holly right. only, but yeah. if Holly only pops up and gives this kind of speech every once in a while and is majoritively quiet, if he does not have a Grinds type gaffe, 
There's, you know? there's uh, no baggage think... to come with him. He can announce right. late okay. like Biden did and just jump into the race. But Wait for he, other people to play out. Also get what happens destroyed. if Trump dies while trying to run? He could also you know? get destroyed by the by the likes of a tenured Ted help. Cruz. Like the same way that Andrew Yang was super popular well, among the center leftists. I think what Holly he just got destroyed by the old guard he, when it came to what, the debate. What Holly's doing is playing the long game. Like he's the youngest person in the pool of, of would be presidents. When it comes to the nitty gritty, right? like would a Ted Cruz just walk him on the stage? I don't think so. I don't think so. Ted Cruz is not as good as he once I'm was. Trying Claire, be, I'm, Claire trying McCaskill, McCaskill, Claire I'm trying to be optimistic. Claire, Claire McCaskill, McCaskill didn't walk him. She was yeah. a piece of shit in her own right. Yeah, but she was so heavily she was her funded. Own downfall. Yeah, yeah, but she, but was, she was heavily back. I know she was, but she was also her own her own and, downfall yeah, because and hello, it's Missouri. But I think but Ted Cruz. Really Ted Cruz is also his own battle. biggest downfall. But here, besides his kids, remember this. Remember this about how Holly beat her. In that election, no one knew who the fuck Holly was. And I commonly said to you guys, to Mitch over and over again, that, like, how could Holly possibly win when Claire McCaskill has the DNC behind her and Holly will not go talk? Like, people are asking for his comments. People want him to do speeches and shit, and he won't go out and do them. Like, he looked like he was so far behind and then all of a sudden, he just. He, but he has well, this personality. I think you where know. on election day, if he goes out six days before the election and just starts giving speeches, and the people who are watching, who are getting ready to go in, like, dude, can do some damage. I think Holly's also read the landscape really well. That most people are pissed off. The right's pissed off. The left is pissed off. They're pissed off at different things. But in or that means if you're in the establishment, half the people hate you. So in order to win, half the time, all you have to do is be the other guy and not be known, because right. you'll they'll just yeah. be, you'll be the person they There's, voted against. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you don't have the baggage to make it a uh, really yeah, more. So thing. I think opening your mouth at a certain okay. stage is just harder. I get that. And we must tell the men of this nation that their struggle too is noble, and that they are needed. So to the men, I say this: you can be a tremendous force for good. Your nation needs you. The world needs you. Your strength can liberate others. Your power can serve those in need. Your creativity can light new paths. Your courage can defend the weak. Your faithfulness can raise up sons and daughters after you and make their way straight. You can make this a more perfect nation. We must say this to the men of our society from the time they are small and teach it to them in our classrooms and in our homes and in our churches. And we must do more. So again, I will ask you, think about if a guy was saying this in 1930s Germany in a fucking basement bar. We need to tell the men of our country. We need to raise them this way. We need, like, dude. The churches need to have this message. Recruiting the Hitler Youth. It is scary. If, He's saying even, some fascist shit. Men, you are the society we need. If you that, like, think about this. Like, this is no, no, man. It seems fucking eerie to me. This <laughs> was rolling up on the year anniversary of January sixth. Something that he, as being the first at, person, oh yeah, yeah. So right. it was almost the year anniversary, like nine months, whatever. Holly being the first, per, the first politician to come out to say that he wasn't going to certify the election to cast that fucking. I mean, he essentially changed American politics with that moment, right? Yeah. And made it petty. and made it personal. Yep. yep. And that we weren't going to play by the rules that we've all established as being reality. Yeah. 
so like when I hear this, all I'm hearing is that he is prepping people for January sixth, part two. Like next time we're gonna do it right. You have to be men. You have to be organized. You have to be except smart enough to not get fucking caught up. Well, no, he's it. never gonna say that. But that is the mm-hmm. exact same mentality he is stoking. That fist in the air fucking image. Well, and they already have their fists in the air because they already tried it once. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it's not. He is the scariest one because of this rhetoric. The fact that he can do this, but it never sounds like a call to action. But yeah. it most clearly is meant to be. These next two are really, really fun for me because I don't. I think for like one second he forgets which side of the aisle he's on. We must rebuild an economy in this country in which men can thrive, and that means rebuilding those manufacturing and production sectors that so much of the chattering class has written off as relics of the past. In this country, in this country, we are more than mere consumers. We have been the makers of great and mighty things, and we will be again. The, the DC experts will say it's impossible. Believe me, they say it to me all the time. They say it's better to outsource our production to places like China or Mexico or any place that labor is cheap and plentiful. Ideally, places where workers are hardly paid at all. But here's the thing. Free labor and slave labor should never be put on an even plane. And it is free labor that we want in this country. It is free labor that we want to reward. It is free labor we seek to protect. Okay, how about we uh, raise the minimum wage to 20 bucks an hour? How about we do that? Yeah. How about we have a basic basic universal income? So, yeah. Free labor and slave labor are the same thing, Josh. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. That's, yeah. that's how you get free labor, is that you don't pay them, which makes them a slave. That's the only way it works. Yeah, so who's... I really... I like, I'm, I think I think he confused something there? I, I or, think he or, might have, too. Um, what? <laughs> free, like, free market labor? Is that what he was I think that's say? what he probably meant, but I thought it was... He forgot a word. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> ironic, because, like, he said slave labor and free labor aren't... What like or shouldn't be the same? Yeah, yeah, shouldn't be seen on a level plane yeah. or whatever. And I was like, "Are you a Marxist for a second? And then all of a sudden, he was like, "Free labor, free labor!" And I was like, "Slave trade labor?" Yeah. <laughs> like, did you fuck something up? What? Like, I don't know. Are you saying that the working class should be indentured? Service? Also, is he, that what you're he, saying? There, there's. I mean, there have been entire books and seminars uh, in left liberal colleges about the fact the in the intersection and in, in the. Like the way they cr- the way what? a free market can cross with slave labor in another country, and how they don't have to necessarily touch for them to affect each other. Right. You know, well, go ask the the people Qatar. who have suicide nets making iPhones. Go for ask. Us. Pause for a second. <laughs> Indentured servitude. Uh, you were provided a roof, and like you could live with your family as you would, but you would have to work for free all day, like. So Might take that. Wait, so it's better it, than what I got? It sounds like slavery <laughs> with one more step. It sounds like what I've got. Yeah, <laughs> it's like for real. I get paid so little that I can't afford shit. So like and bread and water. Like, yeah, we're already here, bud. So that that's why I always laugh whenever any Republican talks about like fucking wish... in, like when they use that term uh, indentured servitude or whatever. I've heard a f- couple of my friends say that. I'm like you. We're there though. Like, I wish we are I was um, wage slaves, dude. What do you think we fucking are? I wish we were more like, of like attention whores, right? Now? <laughs> right. I wish we were more of like wanting to get attention because I wish like if we were sitting in the audience, I would just pretend to be on his side, but keep 
shouting progressively social like socialist things, being <laughs> right. like basic universal health care. You well, tell him. Well, here's here's what's great that you say that is because he kind of does that himself right here. Um, I titled this one "Living Wage?" Question mark. Kami. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt, boyhood hero of mine, once said, "I am for business, but I am for manhood first, and I am for business as an adjunct to manhood." That was pretty good in 1905. Still true today. So we must make every effort to restore a vibrant manufacturing sector in this country that can employ working men at living wages. I'm talking about wages that can feed a family and support a community. And we can start by requiring that at least half of all goods and supplies that are critical to our national security, at least half, be made right here in the United States of America. It's common sense, it's doable, and we should do it. Great. Nobody's going to argue with no, that. No, we yeah. all agree. And that is so – I'm so glad we all have the same reaction because why wouldn't we? And that's why it's in the speech. That's also what makes him dangerous. And here's not just him. We as adults he – t- he, he takes the basics of what everybody wants, and then he peppers it with all sorts of other bullshit. And he makes it seem like only – like if you want that, you're crazy to want that. It's like, no, we all want that. You're making a, you're making yeah. a straw man – Enemy the liberals, like, they don't want you to have the it. The liberals who you've been fucking decrying the entire speech have been shouting for a living wage for a fucking couple decades. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What the fuck? For longer Thanks than for, you've been in politics. Yeah, the, probably for longer than, like, you... Like, he was probably in grade school when they started fucking shouting about living wage. Um... But, they're the anti-work, pro-unionization, union, like, they're, they're the most... Here's, Here's a problem I have. Worker friendly. And I know this is probably like an obvious thing, but like just with us, I don't know if it's just Americans or if it's just humanity in general, but how fucking stupid are we that we allow, and it's not just Josh Hawley, I think he's dangerous because of how um, effective he can be with his like and precise. Yeah. Um, But what he just said is like we should do this by. 50% 50% of all manufacturing being in the United States. Um, and we should start doing that. And it's doable. And duh, it's common sense. And like, whatever. Up until the point that they are in the White House, we never ask them to explain how. Like, they always say... Oh, it gen- wouldn't happen. They, it would not get done if he came into office. They always say general statements that are like, well, we should just make money because we like if, to make money. If, well, if he the wins the Trump. presidency directly behind Biden, he's just going to reinstate what Trump did and call it a victory. Well, and right. it's it's uh, it's a, it's what Trump did. It's what they all do. It's a never ending. It's a no win situation. He's right? not going to help here. He's right just now, gonna put tariffs on China and be like, hey, I won. Right. right now, he's saying that it's the it, the, we, the reason we can't have all these nice things is because liberals are in power. They have the White House. They have the Senate. They have the uh, the House. Right. So if, if we get those things, you'll, you will all have nice things if we get in those in, into those jobs. But the moment they get into those jobs, they're just going to turn around and be like, oh, we can't do it because too we, many liberals will vote against we it. Will right. all have it's nice only going to work if all the liberals go away, which will never happen, so they'll never have to fucking show their cards. Right. We will all have nice things because I said so sounds awfully Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of communities, those begin with the family. 
and we should make the family the center of political life. You know, we ought to be clear in the message that we send about the family, and we ought to be unapologetic about it. There is no higher calling and no greater duty than raising a family, and we should encourage every single American man to pursue it. Without apology. So to that end, I believe the time has come for explicit rewards in the tax code for marriage. Forget the marriage penalty. There should be a marriage bonus. And we ought to allow parents of young children, we ought to allow parents of young children to keep more of their tax dollars as well. Okay, first of all, as an unmarried man, if, if you guys start pressuring me that I need to get married and father children, I will punch both of you. The only, the only, I know you never would. The only but possible way that would happen is if, if you were dicks. No, right? It, like, well, yeah, sure. But also, if they were like, hey, you now because you're married, you get an extra 15 grand a year in your like tax refund or something. Yeah, I we'd would be, be like, like, Frank, you're dumb. Get married. Frank, <laughs> yeah. dude, get married. Right. Just fucking now, sign that, the paper, man. That is also the it thing. It doesn't have to mean shit. Nothing has to mean shit. Yeah. That is also what I think like when he says there's a tax penalty a I don't think there is um I think I'm not 100 percent certain I'm but not experiencing one that I know no. of when you have kids in your marriage and you get to file jointly you get breaks you get yeah a lot of breaks because yeah we you have do kids the like people who get thousand dollars worth of breaks yeah the people who get <laughs> fucked are the people like me who have nothing I have no dependents I have don't, right. I don't like I don't have a a, a coat filer you yeah. know as for you, you know. they're like here's five hundred dollars <laughs> if that Fuck that's off. like a high <laughs> yeah i got like a hundred bucks this year yeah we get uh, we yeah i don't know what he's talking about marriage penalty because as far as i the only marriage aware, penalty is i'm getting breaks divorce. for that like right. it costs me divorce but i'll then, never forget i guess when, that's second or third marriage when i was 19 <laughs> when i was 19 uh, years old i got my, i got my first tax like return and it was like, I don't know, 600 bucks. So I was like, sweet, first Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't buy I, yeah. you anything meaningful. Now I, get, now I get my tax refund. And like since I've had kids, and I'm like, at least it's I like, can cool, I can pay, pay off, off some, some debt. of last year's debt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they oh, helped so I can incur. pay off a fraction yeah. of last year's debt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's going to, we've only got a couple of clips left. Um, this one's a little bit longer. It's not terribly long. It's about a minute. But he's going to use some, like, he's going to start to, like, kind of rein this whole thing in, um, round, round this thing out. And he's going to do it by giving us some statistics that are, once again, just cherry-picked, don't really mean a whole lot. Above all, we've got to lift up a vision of what's possible in the United States of America. Can you imagine the potential of 16 million American men returning to work? Can you imagine what that would do for our country? Can you imagine the struggling communities and families that right now labor under the burden of poverty that would be lifted out of that if those 16 million men decided to go and get a job and start supporting their families and start supporting their children and start co contributing to their communities? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen if fathers returned to their children and supported the women they love? Do you think that what that might mean? Think about the teenagers who would be spared from gangs and violence. Think about the depression and anxiety and loneliness and suicides that would be avoided. Think about the wives free to pursue their dreams. Think about the power of the joy and creativity that healthy families radiate. Think about that released into our communities times a thousand, times a hundred thousand, times a million. It would change this country. That's the kind of thing that can happen. That's the kind of vision we should be working for. That's the kind of change that we should be pursuing. 
He, so he, he <laughs> like oh, I know that what this, jobs are they going to go get? What sixteen million good paying jobs are available right now? Just waves his Tell wand and all these divorced men are be, be like, you know, I really loved that woman. I should have never divorced her. I should have. I, I should have came back after I yeah. got the cigarettes. <laughs> you know, there's a tax break now. Fuck. <laughs> well, of course I let. They were penalizing me on my taxes because <laughs> I didn't year. have this random one of sixteen million jobs that exist out of thin air. I love the yeah, idea that, like, the, you, you know the thing that keeping uh, uh, men from being really good dads? Not having a good job. We're gonna Not let, that they're pieces of shit of human beings we're gonna, that, like, yeah. right. aren't meant to be fathers. We're going to make Holly president, and we're going to be like, where's these 16,000 jobs, man? Also, How? like, can we go back in history? Name a time period where there weren't a bunch of fucking bastards running around who didn't know their dad. Right. That's Forever. The, the most common trope in fucking American it's, it's, and world history. It's the same. I guarantee you it's the same percentage now as it was like in fucking neanderthal times. yeah it's just there's not as much stigma about not knowing your dad as there used to be like yeah. uh, people have kind of owned it well like it's, how many times uh, did they have the bastard killed <laughs> somebody went and beat him in the head with a mace yeah it, it's uh, just this whole he, mm. i'm curious about his relationship with his own dad and if he views his own dad as like the archetypical man I see, but, I, I, but yeah, I would have to think that that, that's how he <laughs> here, views his own father again, and how he wants his kids to view him. Here again, that relies on the assumption that he believes this, and I think he's smarter than that. Like, I don't think that he necessarily has to believe this to give this impassioned speech. And while I do think that it's dangerous. And I hate that I feel like we live in an era where like Hitler comparisons pop up more than I feel like I wish they would. Yeah, it's a softball. What is a softball? Like people throw it out there soft. Right. But like with shit like this, oh no, where you're literally yeah, exactly. like you're doing a 25 minute speech. I'm where you're not like, going to throw out Hitler if it's not warranted. Right. I think more of a McCarthyism is what I keep getting in his tone and yeah. his measured response that he knows he's lying, but he's using it for such a. Specific purpose. Yeah, but when you start Dude, talking about rebuilding, he's a very you... high potential for Hitler. Yeah, yeah. I just I mean, Hitler killed ten million people, so that's a pretty high bar. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I guess I we're talking more ten million anymore. Because I think what he is, he's, he's, he's a very about prop... the characteristics, personality. Yeah, he's traits, a very right? successful propagandist, and you can see that right away. Yeah, in his he's a Goebbels. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like. Goebbels didn't actually do, like give the orders. Hitler and he's did. and he's just like Goebbels. He's masking it under an like this mask, like this aura of populism. Like right. I'm really for the people. Yeah. So who's gonna be his Hemmler? I think Thomas Massey's gonna be his Hemmler. Uh, Grinds is trying to make a comeback. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> enough. The two of bad Mis- boys from Missouri. I'm, I'm done with Missouri uh, politicians. <laughs> we got one more. This is our last clip. He's going to wrap this speech up with a not real proposal whatsoever and so here's what i suggest while the left tells america and its men that they are contemptible we ought to be giving them a different theme and our theme should go like this america is yet that city on a hill and the eyes of the world are yet upon us looking to us for hope american men are and can be an unrivaled force for good in the world if we will strengthen them if we will challenge them, if we will empower them to be who they, were made, who they were made to be. Then we shall, in the words of Scripture, 
Build up the ancient ruins. Raise up the former desolations. Repair the ruined cities and the devastations of many generations. Thanks so much for having me here tonight. God bless you. God bless America. Good night. Okay, yay. <laughs> we should do, we should do, we should do. Whatever. Like, yeah. Huh. That's, uh, I don't know. I don't feel good about myself. No. Sure. I feel worse about myself as a man, ironically, after listening about <laughs> to that. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just, I mean, I'm glad that, that we did that speech. I, I think that we should. I feel like a dickbag for bringing kids into this world. Because this is what they're going to have to live with in the future. <laughs> live yeah. with douchebags like this? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't get the whole – I like, he took very few um, instances. He, he cherry-picked a few instances of toxic masculinity, the term being used, birthing person being used, like that kind of shit, and twisted it and turned it into this – it's, it's all re- just like an anti-white male play. He, he presented it, it as an a anti- crisis yeah. that yeah. is immediate and has to be fought. And yeah, men are disenfranchised. It's a culture war. Yeah, yeah. men are disenfranchised, and I can prove that Since by saying ever. gas, yeah. inflation, Gillette, Gillette, critical race theory, toxic masculinity, the military, Karl Marx, Herbert Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, like, like which none of those dots connect when, though. No, they don't. When he says "fatherless homes," I meant to ask this earlier. Is that a dog whistle of the black racist? community? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Okay, because I cannot hear a white person say "fatherless homes" without thinking that they are specifically talking about. Yeah, they won't Especially say urban. A white they politician. won't say inner city anymore because they know what hell that'll bring. Yeah, but like they have these other terms like uh, traditional family units. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Um, the nuclear family. Yeah. They, yeah. That they have this. I, outside I 100% like families were so much happier back then like there wasn't uh remember when there were no <laughs> it was all no minorities in the neighborhood weren't times better like right. you guys yeah. fucking suck man uh, you remember when i didn't have to look at poverty while i drank my coffee <laughs> yeah uh i don't know it it's bullshit my all right God. Yeah. <sighs> well i'm not gonna play the clip that i normally play because i told you it was too long and i wanted to uh, to switch it up, but I figured in honor of my guy, um, that we could uh, do survey tonight. We got a little survey going on. Yeah, a little Scott Hall survey. Yeah. Um. So, what do we think? Is it just straight fascist? Yes. Every episode's straight fascist. There's now. no. Well, there is. We're gonna have to do tears of fascism. Yeah, but there's. <laughs> I mean, like, to produce like an argument at the end of the episode. The fact no, that, not, yeah. For this guy, there's no argument. He's a fascist. Yeah, the fact None, that he started you, January 6th, that he was the, at least he was so willing to jump out ahead of it and try to politi- politically... The way that he gave a 25-minute speech where he could have not ever once said the word man and delivered the exact same speech with the exact same meaning... But he said man by, every five words? Yeah, by being inclusive. Like, he could have literally taken man, that idea, out of that speech, and it's all the people. exact same speech. If he would have said yeah. just all people... But and, 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 and You can tell but that because, because the man's times, in there, it's so much worse. Yeah, like, well, and, and, yeah, yeah clearly. And, and you can tell that, Brandon, because like, else. Yeah. Every, four, like, every four minutes he has to be like, and women too. Well, then just say people. Like, yeah. If it's everyone, why are you specifically... Men. 
Men only, fuck every other American. Yeah. Because they're the ones who are going to vote and fucking canvas for him and yeah, yep, and and tweet about him. Yeah, because like, he's trying he's to get the 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 guy. He wants to get on Rogan so bad. Right. He wants he wants the if Madison the Cawthorn year is not up. <laughs> if Madison Cawthorn wasn't a politician, that's who Holly wants to vote for him. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like he wants the fucking polo player. At college, at rich white college, to to fucking the the one who like whose parents bought his way into that college, um, that's the voter that he wants because he's gonna get the xenophobic bigot, like he's gonna get just by default. By they're default, not, they're not voting liberal anymore. No, we're past that. All he has to do is be like, I go to church, and he's like, he's gonna get the fucking rural Republican. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Because everything is now more party line than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Scary as shit. Yeah. And I think he's one of the main reasons why, which is why I'm comfortable calling him a fascist. Yeah. And just, I mean, his his fucking behavior in general. Yeah. He's. He does nothing to squash the problem. Wait, why do you say he's a fascist? He's a fascist. Do you you realize how, uh, do you realize how offensive that is? I think he's a fascist. Why? Because he is. Okay. All right. So, okay, we've got a a fascist. It's it's not anything else other than the the reporter stumbling on herself. (laughs) One more for the good guys. (laughs) Oh man. The Uh, thing that gets me with that clip is the reporter just stumbling on herself. Oh, okay. We got a fascist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've seen enough Holly, and I remember going through looking for the clips that we used for the theme song and finding and like knowing that he's going to be a great episode one day. But this is a more mundane version of what I thought. Like, I thought we would have got more fire and brimstone, but just to be like, men aren't men, and Gillette yeah. made a commercial that made me uncomfortable. I don't know. Fuck Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Very well, and he, he said the speech well, but at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, this is what you're limping in with? Come on. I mean, he's limping in with that, but he's limping into a fucking crowd of not that many people, maybe a hundred or a couple hundred people at the most. He's at a right. conservative fucking open mic night open mic night like he he doesn't have to worry about he's not really limping in because no matter what he says he i mean he could come in there and literally be like benghazi for fucking 25 minutes and everybody's gonna be like yeah benghazi we agree what what was the scandal emails right? emails emails so yeah i have the shirt I don't know. Anyway, that will bring us to the end of the episode. We will be back. Uh, but before we go, Jim, could you please tell the listeners where they can find us? I sure can. We have a Facebook page, and we can be found on Twitter, at Real Un-American. Awesome. And, Frank, can you tell the listeners how they can support the show? Uh, yes, you can follow us, like, subscribe, share, and review. Uh, episodes come out mm, Ish. We, we need to take that ish, part out ish. of the script. <laughs> and, of course, bonus content is available over at patreon.com forward slash unamerican. So go check that out. Episodes this... come out when they come out because we said so. Because we said so. <laughs> and, as always, we appreciate any and all support. Absolutely. We do very much. Um, all right. Yeah. So that's it. We will uh, be back soon. I don't have any dishonorable mentions um, this week. Maybe Eric Greitens. Can you think of any other yeah. shitty Missouri don't vote politicians? For him again. Please not. Don't do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, Mark, he, Mark he McCloskey. Sucked. He sucks yeah. coming yeah. out of fucking Missouri. Yeah. McCloskey is absolutely right. not going to be cool. Your dishonorable mention for the week yeah. is Missouri. Yeah. yeah. Straight Get up. your no shit more. together. Get no your shit more. together. <laughs> Kansas is right about you. <laughs> Un-American is a fever heart production. It is hosted by Brandon Condick, Franklin Everhart, and Jim Hillman. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. Contact us at unamericanpod at yahoo.com. And be sure to support us on Patreon for exclusive bonus content. <laughs>